I don't know. We're recording now. We're recording now. <laughs> we're doing the bar wars. We're doing bar guys. We just, we just the... realized. We just realized oh, that we are doing this episode on May the fourth. So we're all picking real quick our favorite Star Wars bars. <laughs> I literally have to do research to find. The I, best I, Star I had Wars to do research. Bar. My thing is that, like, okay, so I did not get, I was not someone who was, like, raised on Star Wars. I was raised on Star Trek. Okay. Uh, so, like, I didn't get into, like, the lore until, like, I was, like, 21, you know? Like, until, like, the hype around The Force Awakens, like, when that was announced, that's, like, when I got into Star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, I was already listening to a lot of hip-hop, and I was just, like, thought, like, a bunch of stuff was just, like, sounds and beeps and stuff. And then it turns out they were all, like, there was a bunch of Star Wars references. Right. And obviously like the be- like the best one I can think of was from Kanye West, uh Guilt Trip, Yeezus, uh Star Wars Fur, I be rock and chew, Baka. <laughs> that is a bar. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my god. I've got one that's gonna blow you both away. What's one? All right, what's yours? Oh my god. Childish Gambino. I <laughs> Yeah. We're all on the same that. website, probably. I was just looking at one of them. Okay, what's yours, Jasper? It's um, what's what's the name of the actual song? Goddamn, um, I'm so bad with this album. Like, I know all the songs by heart. Like, listening it, to them, it's because the internet. It's the C3PO one, right? Yeah, she's dressed up in gold. C3PO, C3PO. Oh, here's here's a really good one. Uh. Han Solo till I'm hit by the bullet, so may the force be with you, and I'll hit you when better time permits. Uh, from Happy Valentine's Day, Outcast. That's an Andre 3000 bar. That, Andre 3000 can reference that, Star Wars. Even he, though, yeah. honestly. <laughs> like, I just found a Denzel Curry one. Um, oh, he has a whole song called X-Wing. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> like, he has a whole ass literally, song. Yes, called the whole X-Wing. song is called X-Wing. Yeah, this like, one's just, who said hey. Jesus can't be a black guy? Even Luke Skywalker's father was on the dark side. That's a bar. That's a I've bar. Got, I've got, I think, the the first... I, I think this might be the first Star Wars reference in all of rap right here. Okay. Hit him with the force like Obi. Biggie off Hypnotize. Jesus. That's possible. Oh, yeah, that's, that's throw. I'm just going to... That's definitely possible, but there's got to be a Wu-Tang Star Wars bar. Or were they... Straight? There is one. Yeah. Oh, I got to find it. I saw someone talk... I'm literally on, like, a Reddit right now, and I saw someone oh, talking yeah. about it. There's another biggie when they were saying Star Wars, I'm Han Solo with three eagles and three charges. I get to see three PO. There's like, a lot of there's a lot of Han Solo lines. Yeah. I just I think mean Han like, Solo's the guy. I just think it's a good movie that people watch and therefore would rap like I just don't It just do, makes sense. It just makes <laughs> sense. So happy Star Wars Day, everybody. Like happy I, I think I could agree with happy everyone Bar when Wars. I say Star Wars is pretty cool, but people take it way too seriously. Uh, is that like the same thing with all the major movies like Marvel and not Lord of the Rings? Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings fans chilling. Except when <laughs> they cast a black elf, then they get real racist. But yes, Lord of the Rings fans are some of the better ones. I will say. Is Harry I Potter? Didn't, the I worst? didn't know about this black elf <laughs> business, but uh, you didn't watch Rings of Power. It's fine. No. If you didn't, you don't have to. That just reminded me of you know, of Donald much. Glover. Donald Glover could be Spider Man. We only want Donald Glover if it's Spider-Man. Everybody else, he's black. Kill him. So funny. <laughs> Dude, I love that stand-up special. I'm going to watch it tonight. Thank you for that. It's so good. It's so it's I would love, so poorly, but it's so I good. I know. I would love for him to come back to stand-up one day. Oh. 
Uh, speaking of Star Wars, he was literally Lando. In Star Wars. He was Lando. <laughs> he, if you I still ever, haven't seen that. He's oh, made it. <laughs> the movie itself is like a lot better than I expected, but also nothing that special. He's awesome, but what you really got to check out is the Star Wars skit he did on SNL, where it's like the collection of black uh, black jedis or like black humans in the star wars universe and there's like mm. four people there and it's like four black people <laughs> 10 lizards wearing vest like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it reminds me of like those that other like alien species that has the yeah. the like two oh yeah the twilight things yeah. yeah it's like i'm pretty sure there's some kind of I'm pretty sure George Lucas had some weird, weird like racial ideas going on there somewhere. He's a, he's a fellow miscegenator, so it's possible. I it, so my my uh, one of my best friends, shout out Patrick. If I tell him <laughs> there's Star Wars in this, he'll absolutely be watching because and he, lo- he loves Kid Cudi. I also have a Patrick that loves Kid Cudi and Star Wars, so yeah, he but, will be watching. Yeah, this. But my, <laughs> m- mine's black, so win. Token uh, Patrick. This is true. The yeah, token shout Patrick. Out, yeah, shout out Token <laughs> Patrick. Do you have a Patrick, Jasper? <laughs> You need no, a token I, Patrick I, now. I actually don't. Yeah. I have a, a friend who has a Patrick. Yeah. I don't know if he likes Star Wars or not. But uh, my buddy Patrick, Probably. he went. He was uh, he was at the AMC we saw Air at one day when we were in college, mm-hmm. and he just ran into George Lucas. He called me crying, like having met him. Jesus, wild! That's insane. Because yeah, like he loves. Star it's actually Wars. really dope. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, it was the year the Force Awakens came out, so like Star Wars love was at an all time high. Yeah. Oh. There was there was a new hope at that point. Okay, Purvis, bring in the news. Bring in the news. I'm done with this. God damn it. God we walked damn it! A bit and now we're leaving. No, but it's, it's just... <laughs> tell me it's not valid because there was so much hope and excitement for the new trilogy to be good. And the first movie was good. And then everything else was just like, nah, how about we don't do that? <laughs> nah, Last Jedi is great. Last Jedi stand is... on that? Somehow, no. somehow Palpatine returned. Well, that's that's Rise of Skywalker, which I do not, do I do not defend. <laughs> that movie is ass. It is one of the worst Star Wars movies. Which one? I don't uh, know. Rise of Skywalker. That movie was cool until Leia flew through space. I was like, mm. I don't know. I maybe I'm just like. I thought the visuals on that were just so striking. There were some pretty visuals for sure. Yeah, and... but but I no, mean, Rogue even One that had pretty speed... visuals, and that's one of my least favorite movies. No, nowhere near as good of visuals as the Last Jedi, and I was speaking sure. specifically about that Leia scene. And the other thing is that, like, I don't know, like, it wasn't <clears> kind of like. Don't get me wrong, there are criticisms of the Last Jedi, and it's not like the best Star Wars movie. No, but I defend it. That movie gets way too much hate. It's great. They tried to go Return of the Jedi route. Or not Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, where it's like it's real like eleventh hour type shit, and they just didn't. I don't think they pulled it off. Convincingly. I don't. I don't know. I felt like it was very much a homage to Empire Strikes Back, and like I don't think they pulled off Empire Strikes Back. I think there's some issues with it, but yeah, it, it gets right up there. But I think there's a lot of stuff that people hate that I think is just abject. Fair. I mean, abject. it gave us the it gave us the Kylo Ren more meme. So yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. more. <laughs> That's a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to right. music now. No more Star to Wars. Enough of that crap. <laughs> Anyone who um, the Star Wars has to send me a dollar now. Promise you I won't bring it up. Um, the actual albums we have coming out. Um, we have a couple of EPs. We have Denzel Curry coming out with Live at Electric Lady. Um, super excited for this. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's like a live album, like a short little live album. I believe so. Um, I'm curious how he's transitioning over because he did say his next one was going to be R&B, I believe. 
Um, so maybe we'll get a taste of it finally. On the other side of the spectrum, we have the baby coming out with <laughs> Call the Fireman. Okay. I thought he was done. <laughs> I thought when he did comedy, he was done. No, I we 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 have not been freed of this curse yet. <laughs> I just I, I don't know what to expect anymore. Uh, I might listen to it. Just I can't wait for the, the baby Tom McDonald collab. Dude, I can't. Ooh. Oh my god, the cancel culture crossover? Yeah. That would be a lot. Just sliding sliding more and more into just like weird, shitty, right-wing memedom. I just can't wait <laughs> until I get that that YouTube video recommend that I can put not interested. Like, Oh, yes. Not interested. Tell us why. I've already watched the video. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my YouTube is just going to block it out for me. Ugh. <laughs> Um, in other really good news, we have Conway the Machine coming out with Won't He Do It? Oh my god, again? Griselda, Dude, baby. Won't he, won't he do it? <laughs> this is a direct, like, gospel reference, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, we also have Brett Fias coming out with the chopped and screwed version of Wasteland. Uh, he's had a very big week as he also has a single coming out with Marshmallow for Fall in Love, and, and he announced, he announced tour. the tour. I, I I don't know if I can swing this one. It's like three days after Beyonce. It's it's so much going on. Dude, I think I, if I recall like, correctly, this is not a concert you see with your boys. No, that that's the thing. Yeah, like, this is not like. <laughs> I believe the day they're in Chicago is June twenty seventh. Which is like three days or a couple of days after like Summer Smash as well. Yeah. Oh, is it so June or is it uh July? Is it June or July? Ooh, that's a good question, actually. Either way. Know. Either We're way. We're not gonna be yeah, like, <laughs> look, Brent, I love you and look, fuck the world. Top Amazing. top five albums of the twenty twenty so far for me. Uh but I don't know. Don't know if I could pull this one off. We'll yeah, see. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't think I'm going to be able to pay the ticket price you deserve. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, that is a very respectful way to put it. Yeah. Like, um, we also have IDK coming out with F56. Really excited for that. Hold up. Yes. Is it 56 or 65? Uh, 65. Yeah. Okay. I think. I can double check. Let me let me double check. Actually. Let's see. Do you follow him as well? Because I feel like he's one of like the lower artists or lower low key artists. I've heard him as a feature, but I I don't I'm, I've never listened to him like separately. I'm unfamiliar. Okay, yeah, F sixty five. Oh, is, is that a chocolate? What the heck? Okay, sorry, getting distracted. Um, but yeah, super excited for that. And then we have Jaleel coming out with Real Raw in all caps. I'm into this. <laughs> I like Jaleel. <clears throat> this would be the high energy album that you need. <laughs> no, no, I like Jaleel. Of all those guys in that lane, I, I, Jaleel is by far my favorite. Yeah. It also it just helps that he's a nice person. He's yeah, I like that. Person. I like. Oh yeah, dude. It's being a nice person is a multiplier. Like it. It it goes far in today's it, society. It goes far. <laughs> like it's always nice. It's it's like air. You know, like I love that I could just love that movie and know it was made super ethically. Like. Mm-hmm. Is that a hard Mountain Dew? It might be. Oh, God. That's I'm cool. trying everything. Dude, I love the hard Arizonas. They're pretty good. I have that in my refrigerator. I have a Lipton one. I have the Sunny D one. 
and also have something else that I can't remember. <laughs> I had a run. <laughs> but anyway, um, we also have a couple singles coming out. We have Gucci Mane featuring Roddy Rich and Nardo Wick coming out with the song Pissy. And then we have Camel featuring Little Yachty coming out with Without You. There is a snippet on Instagram, and I feel like he's he is rocking with the singing. He's getting it. You think so? Honestly, I I like it in terms of like okay artists that have taken like insane shifts in their careers and just like completely change away from their previous style, which he can still do. This is a surprisingly nice one because it doesn't always work. I don't know. Like I never hated Little Yachty, right? Mm. But like. I don't think his original style was something all that special. You know, I didn't hate it. Like, once again, like, I think he's a cool dude, but like, I, I did not particularly care for a lot of those earlier albums. I like songs. Mm-hmm. I liked him as like a feature artist, and I've liked what he's done as he moved into production. I've yet to listen to his album that came out in January. I feel really bad about it, but it's a complete shift. I know. I know it's a complete shift. And like, I should, I, I'll probably listen to it tonight. Now <coughs> I think about it. I always say that, and I never do, but maybe. Put it, on, uh, put it in the queue. Just next time you play Spotify, yeah. just have it come yeah. up. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be worth and it. I, I, I will. I want to. But um, mm-hmm. and I think like he's an artist I buy going in this direction. Jasper, did you listen to the new one? Yeah, I, I haven't listened to it like all the way through. I've listened to the songs that are, I guess, the big that ones. that appear more in like the uh, like just like my recommended. I need to go through it. It's interesting because I have a lot of familiarity with like original prog rock as it kind of sits from like the, I guess, early to mid seventies. So it'll be interesting to see like what influences this really draws is like a whole body of work and, yeah. and how it's, if it's mm-hmm. done anything to push the envelope from what, from what I've seen and like what I've listened to, it doesn't sound like it really pushes the envelope, but yeah. you know, I, I'm going to hold out. Just suspend, suspend my disbelief for a little bit while I'm going through it. I get that. Yeah, I feel like you would have a really good perspective. Like you say, if you have that background, you might actually pick up on sounds and samples that I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I know too much Pink Floyd for my own mental health. So. <laughs> all in all. That's what's up. Yeah. I, I, under, I under, And yeah, I thought my puns were bad. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... My background with uh, prog rock is <clears throat> mostly Rush. True. Which, that's, like a, that's like a different side of It's prog very rock, different. Yeah. It's a lot more nerdy. Frantic. So it's a lot more frantic. It's a lot more technical. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like, I don't want to say like Pink Floyd isn't technical. It's technical in a different way. Yeah. Pink Floyd um, is just excellent songwriting. It's technical in the soft skill kind of way. Pink Whereas, Floyd like, Rush has, is a lot more like noodly, very technical. Like has like it's weird... technical in terms of instrumentation, but yeah, then and like time Pink signature. Floyd is very technical in production. It's very te- yes, that's very true. They're very technical with production. They're very the songwriting on Pink Floyd. I think is like a lot tighter. Uh, so like very different vibes, but also like kind of the two main staples. I think Pink Floyd is definitely a much bigger band though. Deep dive on Dark Side of the Moon when yeah. I was I mean, gonna say I don't know if I've even heard Pink Floyd. Do we want to try and sync it up with uh, the Wizard of Oz? Oh Jesus! Just play backwards, why don't you? Oh, what we could do is we can uh, take Redacted 
and uh, go to the planetarium and do when they're doing laser Floyd. There you go. What is going on? Have you never <laughs> you heard of see, laser ev- Floyd? Everything will be revealed in time. <laughs> my they, sweet they, summer they, child. they do like a laser show, uh, <laughs> like in the. I sky. mean, I would go to that. It sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I it's Triton in uh in River Grove right there. They used to do it. I went there once as like a nineteen year old. It was very fun. Like, Purvis, I have one song that will get you hooked on Pink Floyd and yeah. more. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? No, I'm not. I'm not That's super familiar with Pink Floyd. I, I know... listen to. You know what? I'll save it. I'll save it. It's gonna be one of my recommended <clears throat> this week. Oh boy. Okay. All right, but all right. Let's go to the news. Yeah, we have. Um, well, what I want to go through first, actually, <clears throat> Fifty Cent announced that he is doing. One final lap tour, and this will be in Europe and the United States. Um, it almost feels like, and I think it was mentioned in what you sent me, is this going to be an anniversary tour almost? Yeah, it's like the 20th or... anniversary. I think okay. it's like his farewell tour. Okay. Which, you know, the final lap tour really sells that idea, I think. And it's mm-hmm. also the 20th anniversary of Get Rich or Die Trying, which like. Fuck, I'm old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's like so easy, especially in a post Kanye world, especially like in a truly post Kanye world. Like it's really hard to like have strong feelings about Fifty Cent because he went out with such a, you know, the graduation thing. Just really, mm-hmm. there was a very aggressive changing of the guards <clears throat> in that moment. But man, did that guy define hip hop for five years? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could argue that he is the original precursor to what has become mumble rap. Like, his style is definitely, like, in that in that vein. It's, I, I feel like it's a very kind of early um, set. I want like, to argue, to it. I wanna argue with you, but the more I think about it, I can't. <laughs> it's, it's valid, right? Like, yeah, no, it's definitely valid. Especially, like, production style. Especially, like, how it was viewed, like... Not from necessary because the thing about the one part about that that I think it's lost is like the within versus outside the culture. I think from within the culture, yeah, it's very much a precursor to mumble rap. I, I, I think like you could draw a direct line to through 50 Cent to like Waka Flocka and like into mumble rap. I just looked up the in the club music video just because nostalgia. Classic, classic video. It has, I want you to guess. How many likes does it have, and how many views does it have? Which song is this? In the club. Okay, I'm gonna guess seventeen thousand likes. One more time. Seventeen thousand likes. Ten million. Uh, Those the joke. Likes. Yeah. Ten million likes. How many views do you think it has? One point seven billion. Exactly. Yes. Wow! Holy shit! (laughs) It's one point seven billion. Go play the lottery. Um. Can you imagine he goes on this world tour for this or whatever it is, and he gets to his Australia dates and he just performs in the club standing up? <laughs> I would love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Everywhere else, he's he's like you know, on the pull up bar or whatever, and then just or not even the pull up bar. The, well, I guess it is a pull up bar, but just like oh well, Australia. This is sorry. I'm looking at it right now. This is 13 years old. What? I can't believe this is 13 years old. What is 13 years old? In the club. The actual music video. Oh, yeah. yeah and that's almost certainly like... A re-upload. A, a re-upload. Like, they, that is, it's older than that. It's from 2005, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, can you imagine? That's 18 okay. years ago. Yeah, it was posted years after it came out. And I mean, it, just... it accrued that many plays in, in after the fact. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Do you guys remember in... It was such a big deal at the time when Gotham Style like was the first video to yeah, hit a billion, a billion, and now just the song no. has almost doubled it. <laughs> I just it's realized nothing. this video is up. It's ten years old, but it's in four K. It is in four K. That's insane. Mm. Like, well, do like, you think it might be upscaled? Did... No, no, because YouTube doesn't use this. Is like a source video file four K. Yeah, YouTube doesn't have its own. That it was probably shot on film. Yeah, or yeah, I mean that's, that's that makes sense to me. There, there was there wasn't 4K cameras back then. I mean there was, but it was like not. I mean, you, were, you, were, you were James. You were James Cameron. Like that was James. It. James George Lucas was shooting with 1080 in 2005. Oh, yeah. He shot Attack of the Clothes in 1080 digital. Let me see. Or two. Because I'm trying to remember. Because we were at the blue store really when it like 4K really happened. 4K for for uh, consumer TV purposes. for right consumer for TVs, not for right. shooting movies. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. So the cinema spec. We're going down the fucking rabbit hole here. This cinema. Is okay, well, this is cin- video like it's nothing. Yeah, in the, in the background, yeah, the fucking a young me video. Eminem. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm kind, low key kind of shocked Eminem's not in the store. Yeah, it, it's an interesting selection. I think it was Jeremiah I mean, but, and I have news for you. Yeah. The Dalsa Origin was the first commercially available cinema 4K camera available and originally shown at the NAB show in 2003 in Las Vegas. So 4K was commercially available from 2004 onward. So when this was shot, it's entirely possible it was digital. Is it like maybe? No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> like, yeah, no. I it's almost certainly was shot in film. Everything was shot in film back then. Sorry, I just had like a throwback flashback moment watching that video. Yeah, it's one of those. Do you think? And and obviously, this is something I wanted to bring up because I know this is more of an exception as it's. Like you said, a last run tour. But with this coming back directly connected to Get Rich or Die Trying, and we also have an acid rap kind of tour now that he announced the LA and yeah, New York um, stops as well. Do you like the concept of throwback tours? I mean, re- I you, think it's dope. Anniversary tours have been a thing in rock music for at least 30, 40 years. Totally. You'd like never see it in yeah. hip hop. So, it's just because it's I mean, so young. You we're know? going to we're going to the ten year mm-hmm. acid rap tour. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like we yeah. have the acid rap one and we have this, but like I feel like I haven't really heard any other hip hop, at least to my knowledge. I also there's think it's no a... other like throwback tours. Yeah, no, it's I mean, I hope it's a trend did... that catches on, but I think Wu-Tang it's all... didn't have something like that, did they? I think they did at some point. I think they had like a back together tour at some point. Oh yeah, like a reunion one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And right. then they started and they've done a ton of shows since then. <clears throat> yeah. Uh okay. but yeah, no, I, I like it. I, I think it's a really cool thing. I I love it when uh bands do it. It's a really big thing in rock music. Last year I saw Yellow Card and they did the anniversary of Ocean Avenue. Mm-hmm. And 
there's a real commitment when you do it that way because like their this their biggest hit is the song Ocean Avenue off that album, and it's mm-hmm. usually their encore. But they played the album in sequence, so they started with the song they usually play as an encore, which is ballsy. Like yeah. that's. <laughs> Especially if you're a band like Yellow Card. Like, don't get me wrong, great bands, but like they don't have my chemical romance style like fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I get that. I I love the idea of like these reunion tours. Uh give me one album, both of you. And I can go first. Just one album you want to hear that's like a throwback tour that an artist actually does. Easy. Easy for you? Yeah. Who? Marshall, Ma- Marshall Mathers LP. That's a good one. That's a good that one. That's a good one. Easy. Do you, do you think he'll be able to deliver? Just curious. I mean, his voice is totally different now. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I think so, but I don't. I don't know for sure. He's. It's. He seems like he's a decent performer. Like he was. Remember the halftime yeah. show? Yeah. Like, yeah, he was good. Yeah, what he- I would give. What I would give to see. The way I am, live. Yeah. yeah, that song is underrated. Okay, you know this. This is gonna be like, I'm gonna have a real answer. Okay, I have a real answer, right? But you you need <laughs> to get something off your chest <laughs> because legitimately, the album I wanted to see the most in this format was Acid Rap. Completely justified, uh, valid. Yeah. I would yeah. I would say like that would have been mine too. Yeah, uh, maybe just like in the same vein, I could think maybe. House of Balloons reunion or yeah. the, those original trilogy of mixtapes. I would love that. Or and the weekend would deliver and the weekend would deliver or hear me out here. Wiz Khalifa rolling papers reunion tour. Wow. Okay. I would, that'd, be, I would, that'd be wild. I'd love to see that dude. That would be fun to be at. Like, black, black and yellow is one of the hardest songs I've ever seen live. Like, I have I have three more I just thought of that I need to share with Jesus. Purvis, Purvis, <laughs> I want you to go first. So I don't everyone take needs to get it off their chest. Um, you so, brought it up. You unleashed I know, I know, right? I know, I know. It's my fault. <laughs> um, the first one that came to mind, Lupe Fiasco Food and Liquor. Damn. If I can go back to that time period and see him do that. When I saw him at Riot Jesus. Fest, he did, uh, he did Food and Liquor. Wait. That's amazing. Was it? I don't. Let me double check. Was it the I don't, cool or food and liquor? It was one of the two. It was okay. he did, he did it, and he did it out of order, and he did some other songs too. But he did every song off the album. That's amazing. Yeah. So when I saw him at Riot Fest, he did that. All right, Jasper. What do you need to get off your chest? Which ones? Stankonia. Which one? Stankonia. Okay. What's that? Outcast. Oh. oh yeah. yeah. You didn't know that the was Outcast. Outcast? The Outcast reunion where they do Miss Jackson live. Hello, I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was finally the pool, rich. By the way. Oh, finally rich would be great. That'd be finally rich would be great. None of us would leave alive. Like it would I be, would. Then you would burn down. Like, we would be in danger. We would actually be. When in I hear hate being sober, over. Like, <laughs> That's my life story. <laughs> yeah. It's like Chief Keith was talking to me. Like. Also, You're I know like he jumping does. On stage. <laughs> I know he does songs from it, but Man on the Moon too. Okay. Legend of Mr. Rager. Another like one. The original versions. Yeah. No. Sorry, Jeff or uh, Brandon. Uh, because the internet would also be one. Because the internet would be a good one. One hundred percent. 
Yeah. Okay. I feel uh, like we can do this one hour, so. <laughs> you know what else would be a good one? What else would be a good one? Man on the Moon. First off, someone's birthday, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. It is celebration. Uh, it is the lad Jasper's birthday. Cheers. <laughs> you should at least have water. Like, like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jasper is uh, 38 years old this year. Uh, yes. Uh, 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 give or take. A sprightly 38. Yeah. Like, give or take a couple. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, he had something he wanted to do for his birthday. So run it. Yes, sir. This is going to be a uh, special little episode on my favorite album of all time, Man on the Moon, End of Day, Kid Cudi. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't got know you some... put the title of all time. I, I'm sorry. I didn't know. 100%. Yeah. This okay. is this is it for me. I um, have logged more time with this album than probably any other. I'll um, say that my favorite song of all time is on this album. There you it's go. Day night. I know that. <laughs> it's, it's hard to compete with a lot of stuff on here. Yeah, I'm gonna be no, honest. This is true. This was, even though I did, if there was ever an album I did not need to listen to before getting on this podcast. I was thinking the same thing. Like, Me if too. there was ever an album where it's just like, I just have to have Wikipedia open. Like, not I even not that. <laughs> so, you know how you two will like text each other lyrics and shit and just be like goofy with it? Yeah. I do that shit by myself when I'm like alone. It'll be completely quiet in my house where I am alone. And I'll just be like out in the other room doing dishes and all of a sudden be like, oh, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He has that effect. And this album is an undeniable classic. <laughs> so, yeah. Undeniable. Classical Let's just get classics. to that. Right. I just yeah. don't think there is any. We're not even going to ask. We're just zero not even going to Like, it's in, this, it's in this, like, write-up we have, I thought, ironically. Like, it is just so <laughs> obviously a classic to every. Well, you know, actually, though, know, that question wasn't there at first. I was going to say, this was the So first... I put it there. I put it there <laughs> yeah. just so that we could follow the format of the rest of the deep dives. Yeah. I was going to say, this was going to be the first deep dive where we weren't even going to ax it, and then yeah. we added it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Certified. Yeah, I understand. What What are we doing today, Jasper? What, yeah. what have so, you uh, created for us? So I, I want to go through just, like, our our thoughts and feelings on it and, you know, our general kind of, like, background and, and little things about it that we know and that we're familiar with, what it means to us, and also, like, what it means to the industry and just, like, how it really had an impact or like made a difference in music and then i have a little activity after that where we're going to be going through the track listing and we're going to be putting them on a tier list and i have a custom tier list made up just for music that i think we can maybe use going forward i hope it has a big ass s tier section <laughs> oh it's 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 got different names than like S A B. You'll see. Like... It's going to be three categories. Great, yeah. great, great. <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, dead ass though. Are there bad songs on this album? I don't know. Like... I, hot take might be one. Not bad, but not as good as the other because there... there's a lot of like top, top, top. Well, top no, tiers. no album ever. Besides, right. possibly, it's just not fair. Yeah, no album is equally good all the way through. Like. Right. Even things that are like short and dynamic and excellent aren't even that consistent. I so, will say, yeah, there's a difference in quality 
because of a kind of like a caveat with this album. Okay. The standard edition masterpiece. The deluxe edition, in my opinion, takes away from it a little bit. And that's because of the song that closes it out. See, I just I just never consider I guess it's like almost like an ideological difference. Like to me, saying like the, the Man on the Moon, TGIF, and Is There Any Love? Like to me, like saying that those ruin the experience of the album is like saying the deleted scenes on the DVD like ruin the experience of the movie when it's like in a different No, movie. that's yeah. that's that's fair. It's yeah. just and it's not even it's not even all three. For me, it just is there any love does not fit the vibe of the conclusion to the album because uh, we'll talk about it like the way the way I interpret this album when I listen to it is like yeah, a little different from others and it's just mm. like it it feels like it almost takes away from the the feeling that or like the the energy that is cultivated throughout the listening because it's like it, you can tell it comes from a very different kind of area in terms of production, in terms of its focus and its subject matter. And well, it yeah, it was, produced, it, yeah. Was, it was produced years before. No, and I, I know. Guess, I guess, like, my, my point is just I think that's an unfair standard for bonus tracks. I, I think that's fair. But my, my problem then becomes the fact that I guess it's less a problem with the actual the actual bonus tracks themselves and the way they're presented in the context of what how we consume them. Because... Mm when you're on Spotify, one thing just rolls into the next, into the next, into the next. There's no break, right? Like, if this were an actual CD, these would be like, there'd be a big-ass gap, and then there's some bonus tracks. Or maybe you have to, like, do something on your player to get it to actually play the bonus tracks, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I think in that way, maybe the medium that we engage it on is, for me, a detractor. Yeah. I'm curious, then, because, at least for me, if I'm going to listen to this album, I just click the deluxe. Yeah. I didn't even, like... Oh yeah, I don't I've, know been, if I've ever. I, I've been doing the it original too. one. Okay, okay. So I was so, just curious, like if you're at home, because you're right. This there is a natural pacing and flow to this album that yeah. makes it a classic. And ending on up, up and away is intentional. Yeah. Now I love Man on the Moon. I love me TGIF. Too. I love. Is there any love? Personally, yeah. so like it doesn't bother me. But you're right. It was supposed to end a certain fashion. So I was yeah. just curious, like, do you listen to it without the deluxe, or do you just like I'm gonna play it all anyway? For this, and since since I've been listening to this album on Spotify, I've just been doing the deluxe for the hell of it because those songs were on there and they weren't on streaming for a long time. Just because Very true. you know, up until recently with the the re release of a Kid Named Cuddy, um, but I grew up with a copy of the original without the deluxe edition, just the standard white sleeve <clears throat> with the artwork on the front, fold open, single CD. So that That's was cool. like my my thing. That makes sense then. Yeah. All right, um, yeah. So we can we can kind of get into it a little bit. I want to know where were both of you when you heard something off this album for the first time. Junior, I'm sure I'm sure there's memory. Junior prom. Okay. Junior prom. Junior prom. Okay. I heard uh, the Crookers remix of Day and Night. Mm. Okay. I was and... gonna say this isn't very a, like a, a prom album, but yeah. It was yeah, uh, the, it was that. the Crookers remix. Uh, yeah, all the way back in two thousand nine, and then wow. I immediately because it was a shitty prom. Next day, I just <laughs> went. I got iTunes stick. I like I got an iTunes card and I bought the whole album. And like oh, I was amazing. not in. Like I was someone who at that point like I only listened to like metal, punk, and Kanye West. Like maybe a little bit of Eminem, but it was like. 
I I didn't really listen to hip hop like as a genre really. I just listened to Kanye. Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. low key like I kind of saw myself as like above it, which is shitty. Uh, well, that's what being in high school is like. Yeah, that's what you are when you're, you're right. sixteen. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Not to say. And like yeah. this was very much like a gateway. If Kanye was gateway into like hip hop as music, this was a gateway into like hip hop as culture, because mm-hmm. like, you know, my senior year which was I spent a summer listening to this, like the amount of just like friends I made, just being able to talk about Kid Cudi with people was like almost like a life changing thing. Like it was like almost like, oh, my God, like there's like a real fan base and a passion like for this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I think that this was there are sedimentary layers of meaning on this album for me. Like there's like how I felt about it, like in high school i revisited heavy like when i was in college and like my first round in college like when man on the moon 2 came out um i listened to it a lot when i was at columbia downtown like i revisited it heavy then and then i revisited it really heavy during the pandemic like in the run up to man on the moon Mm 3 and i don't know if you remember this but i did not have high hopes for man on the moon 3 Oh, yeah. I actually do remember that. Yeah, I had very, very low expectations, and I was blown away. Which, to be fair, after the first and second, it's hard to stay at that level. And the fact that the only thing I thought Cuddy had put out of quality was Kids See Ghost at that point. In a while. (laughs) You know, in a while. I I still seem to be the only person who actually likes Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying. Yep. I do. I, I do. I like it. No. I like it. Yeah. I, I will join you on that list. I'll, it's I'll, a long album. Yeah. There's a lot it's on a it. It's a long album. It's a long but album. But I think it's I think it's a scenic a scenic route that's worth the trip. Personally. I disagree. I, I'll give it to you. It's better than the one before that and the one before that. Uh um satellite flight is solid though. I don't know. I I think when you I, I just think satellite flight, like I, I like a few songs off it, but I zero emotional impact. Like hey, it, it didn't, yeah, it didn't, it didn't offend me like Speeding Bullet to Heaven did, but like zero, zero staying power. And I, I love and use it. Yeah, but uh, Man on the Moon, Man on the Moon Two, Indicud, I loved Indicud. Let me see. I just remember one of like the music videos where it had the actual framing on the fit on the picture. That's, that, um, um, that's that is that King Wizard. That's I think King, so. King, it's, that's it's all so cool. a bunch of the album, a bunch of the videos from the Indica era had the one with the frame on it. That was oh wait, just what I am has that too. Just what mm-hmm. I am. I think King Wizard has it too. I think multiple videos have it. Yeah, it's uh, perfect. Yeah, no, it's a good aesthetic. You know who um, designed it, right? Who? Virgil. Amazing. Yeah. Even better. Same as he did. Same as he did. Watch the throne with the the gilded. Same as all of that. This shirt. This shirt is Virgil. Pretty much everything Cuddy is actually done by Virgil. Even like the clothing design for Intergalactic. Yeah. That was like Virgil's last big project before he passed. R.I.P. Miss him. What an yeah. impact. Jesus. What an impact. <laughs> um, my personal introduction to this album in general and just any of Kid Cuddy. I feel like the entire genre was handed down to me by Isaac, my brother. So there was like three artists. It was Kid Cudi, it was Lupe Fiasco, and it was J. Cole. He did and do like, good. <laughs> well. 
it's a good starter pack. <laughs> it, was a, it was a similar, it was a similar sequence for me. Lupe Fiasco yeah. <laughs> is very quickly after my Kid Cudi phase. Yes, and then it, Mac it was Miller. all in all together. Mac Miller was in there as well. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, like being so young and being introduced to this kind of music is a very different outlook than like your standard hip hop, like CD. Because uh, especially around that time, I feel like a lot of topics do not cover what Kid Cudi covers. Yeah. Which is why a lot of people be like, oh, Kid Cudi saved my life. Like, he legitimately did yeah. save some people's life. <laughs> um, So that alone, just like his impact, his storyline, this album, he is going to be one of those names like you tell your children. Like, yeah, legitimately, no, though. He is 100% like a just fixture in my media consumption now like there's just no getting around it like i'm gonna be listening to man on the moon until the day i die yeah like 100%. it's got to be in my top 10 of all time so jasper where, where were you <laughs> yeah so i have a very specific kind of nostalgic connection to this album um back when i was in grade school there were a bunch of kids who lived in my block like friend neighbor kids right <clears throat> and one of them was this kid tyler who i'm still in touch with today and tyler had an older brother who was in high school at the time named brandon and brandon was the one who like was into all of the trendy shit yeah other brandon other more different brandon i was about only... to say it's be another one of those situations where we've known one. each other for 10 years and didn't know <laughs> right there you yeah. go and so i uh, Tyler and, and his brother were both into like skating because uh, that was the thing that you do in the mid 2000s. Yeah. And so I and I was really into like video and film and photos and stuff because my grandpa was into it and my dad had like an art background and everything. And my dad bought one of those way back in the day, those little old vertical flip cameras. You remember I had those? one of those too. Yeah, you pull those, the thing yeah. on the side, the USB flips out. Yeah. They were very cool. Plug plug it in from like some <laughs> stupid angle because the thing would never like the usb cord didn't bend it was just like a, a brick whatever right. um but so we wound up tyler and i wound up starting to shoot little skating videos of him just like doing whatever he could do on a board on the flip and he's like why don't i put this on youtube or why don't we put this on youtube and so we did we he made a channel and we started putting stuff up we needed to put music to it and he picked the song Pursuit of Happiness. And this was probably like, we did it like a, a wintertime video. We tried to do like a snow skateboarding video just to like, because it was like so different. So different. And so this was probably like January of 2010. And I like was at his place. We did, He like, Windows Movie Maker like dropped the file in, played it. And I was like, what is this? And that was that. It's like, yeah. And and the thing is, like, I was familiar with the album for a long time before I think it really became something where I recognized what it was or how significant it was. I don't think it was until I was, like, 16 that it really made an impact on me because I was probably, like, 13 at the time, maybe, like, 12 or 13. And then it was, like, once... Or maybe I was even younger. I might have been, like, 11. But once... I was like 16, 17, then I was like, yeah, this is starting to make a whole lot more sense as far as like what the album's about, what it means to me personally, mm -hmm. and how it's like 
then impacted my my taste and also just like my feelings around conversations that are had or like the topics that are covered so yeah definitely like something that i grew up with and then saw the value in more the more i listened to it like i i further appreciated it the more i i indulged in it i, I like that i absolutely hate that you heard this when you were 11 like i <laughs> I don't know if I was actually 11. I was somewhere in that in that range. But I was probably like I know you don't control. control. No, you know what? Okay. No, I was in I was in 7th grade. So how old, how old was I in 7th grade? 12 or 13. Yeah. Okay, so I was probably I was probably 12 at the time because yeah. I have a spring birthday. So I was probably uh, 12. No. And I mean, to be honest, this is one of those albums that like you can actually grow up with. I feel like a lot of albums don't age very well. Oh, 100%. Like, the this change a... no the meanings may not change, but at every point in your life, you could come back to this album and like it'll, it'll affect you in a different way. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy how like different circumstances, like you can definitely pull out of here, you know? Because mm -hmm. and it, it's it's an album that begs re-listening. Honestly, even though I think the other two are of similar quality in terms of just like how good are the songs on the album, <laughs> I think this quality that ability to revisit it i think is unique for this one absolutely mm -hmm. yeah this one has much more of a, a narrative structure that makes it feel as though there's progression yeah. and you can really see it and the influence that it's had you look at like other artists seeking to imitate that now and that's that's one of the things for me that I think really defines what I consider to be a good Kid Cudi project is if it has a feeling of momentum told through a story. And this album does it very literally in the sense that it's got the voiceover and the dialogue from Common. But Passion, nice Pain, and Demon Slayer also kind of does that for me. I feel like I can very much pick out acts almost from the, 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 the tonality of the album and say like, okay, act one is frequency, through swimming the light through releaser that's like some real dark shit and then you move into like by design and everything else where it's like okay things are like a little bit more positive now and you kind of get this feeling of progression as you go throughout the project and you definitely have that on man on the moon and i think that's where it really kind of stems from yeah no mm -hmm. it has this is a a narrative forward album and like yeah, yeah it's a little dreamlike it's a little like you don't know exactly what it means but like it's not as maybe as narrative driven as like good kid mad city but like close mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but i think that's the right balance for like the both the sonic aesthetics of the album and also the things kid cuddy wants to approach i think that's the right balance of it i don't think it should be more or less yeah and i think it's interesting to put such a kind of like linear narrative structure to it because a lot of this is internal dialogue that he's having with himself essentially so i mean you two are capable of internal thought like those things are not always linear right yeah. so it's like to, to lay that out in a way that even approaches making sense or being cohesive to a listener i think is is pretty impressive yeah quick sidebar did you guys very quick did you guys see the study that like some 37 percent of people actually don't have an inner voice that no it's yeah I didn't see that. Yeah, no. Thirty-seven percent. It's like some. I don't know if it's thirty-seven percent specifically. Well, yeah. But it's like. I mean, any percent. That's let me look it up. More than like, like five, I would be surprised. Because <laughs> I feel like the whole concept of talking to yourself is your inner voice. Yeah. 
So here's something I'll say about that. I definitely like will think to myself or talk to myself sometimes when I'm like thinking through something. But when it's not when I'm not verbalizing it, it doesn't necessarily have like a tone. Yeah. It's just like words in my head. Mm -hmm. me, I don't know like, if that's just me, but like I mean it's not like I think like when as I understood this article, I'm looking up the condition now, but like I'll get into it after the podcast. But like I think it's people who don't even because I that's exactly what thinking is like for me too. Like there's, there's like ideas and thoughts, but it's not the same as like words. Yeah, uh, I think like there are people who don't even take it that step. Damn. Yeah, it's and it's heavily correlated with like people who like go into like tech and like finance and stuff. It's very interesting. I can understand honestly because yeah. like I know there's also like a thing somewhat along the same topic where like. If you tell people to picture an apple, like they legitimately cannot picture an apple in their head. Yeah, yeah. Movie magic, anyway. Jasper. <laughs> yes. Uh, All right. Keep it, keep it rolling. So yeah, I of mean, course. it's a, it's an album that's like emotionally impactful to all of us, and I think it's another one of those things where I feel like I'm very into like critical thought. If you can't guess. And I feel like people are like very resistant to putting things they like under the microscope and being very critical with it. Yep. And I think it's a shame because I think this is a great example of like that makes it better, not worse. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I think like I, Man, I, on I would the, agree. Man on the Moon, I think is a great example of something that a lot of people are nostalgic for. And like if you put it through its rigor, you actually think about it, you engage with it. It's just as if not more rewarding. I would say. And I do think like there is something I, I want to like just say about this album. That I thought was very interesting. And this definitely has to do with like the kind of people I was interacting with was I did dislike how Cuddy's very brutal, like very honest and very like of the heart, like songwriting on this album. I felt like almost was like unfairly used against the hip hop community a little bit. Cause like people, interesting. Well, because, like, there were people... I, I, it's I actually something that I was going to touch about. Yeah, because, like, I've seen millions of posts that were like, I only listen to Eminem and Kid Cudi because they talk about real shit. And, like, the amount of time I've seen Kid Cudi, like, wrapped up in this, like, gatekeeping from outside the culture that happens so often with hip-hop. Like... Wow. Like, I'm going to be honest. I thought you were going to take that the opposite way. What? Like people who are like old heads saying like get this talking about feeling shit out of here. I want to hear about I don't, like blunts, forties, and bitches. I never heard that much about it. I'm I'm certain. Like every time a young guy comes around and like legitimately does things differently, the old yeah. heads get mad. And I yep. can't imagine that didn't happen with Kid Cudi, but I don't remember it. Honestly, I think he got attacked by both sides, and that kind of comes with the nature of like being a leader. What I, I've heard both sides. Being yeah. a leader in this day and age is being a threat. Yeah. Not many people stood up against the... Oh, oh, never. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> we That's are... it. We're doing Kid Cudi next week yeah. for the uh, trial. <laughs> but until the end of the first 10 years into the millennium, yeah. we heard a voice. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly fitting. Wow. <laughs> that's your thumbnail, by the way. Yeah, that's the thumbnail. I know exactly where to go. I'll send it to you. Uh, there you go. If you've noticed better thumbnails, it's because Jasper does them now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
But yeah, I no, mean, honestly, though, I, I, I feel I, like he's getting attacked by both sides. So, granted, I didn't know many like old heads at the time. I knew people who were probably like Isaac's age. Like mm-hmm. those are like my super, like my my mentors at my kid Cuddy stage were like people who were really into hip hop and like four or five years older than me. Mm-hmm. And like I just never heard that. I don't doubt that it happens. I feel like the but, approach that some people would take to be against him yeah. in terms of like being different. Um and and I know Jasper's gonna hate me for even somewhat comparing them. But some of these same things that they both faced, Drake and Kit Cuddy got attacked for no, I don't certain that subjects for no, being too soft. Yeah, no, what And certain subjects just you don't really hear in hip hop. And let's be honest here, black males in terms of statistics are the least likely to go to go get therapy. Yeah, no. <laughs> let's be honest. No, that's, so that's fact. That's if we're why, consuming music. Uh, and our culture isn't really based on mental health. Or Having Kid Cuddy come in, yeah, and like drop this bombshell on the culture and be successful. Yeah, he did receive some some flack for that. I'm starting. So here's the thing: I've I've made a big development while you were saying that because okay. like my my immediate thing was like I'm certain that happened, but I think what may have mitigated it and maybe made it not as bad as Drake. Was like Kid Cudi got co-signed by like really popular people really early in his career. Like, yeah, like he Snoop. was producing for Jay Z for Blueprint Three. Like, yeah. yeah. But like the exa- the example I went to was Snoop Dogg. But then I realized Kid Cudi also kind of had a chokehold on stoner culture at the time. And <laughs> I think that is also very this, true. Yeah. So like, I have beef with this exa- this topic. So yeah. you okay. you took it the other way with gatekeeping. I take it the way of. This immediately became that, and in many ways, it does feed into that. But this is an album about so much more, and I think mm. there was a whole swath of people in culture who just kind of sought to make this like a very two-dimensional work, basically like a party album almost in a lot of ways, just because yeah. of certain songs and, and like singles off of it. Yeah, and I don't think it gets the credit for it. So, like, my perfect example of this was like, I think I was freshman year of college, and I was driving. I went to a friend's a party at a friend's apartment. I was driving back up north and I was staying with my parents at the time because it was like summer. And this girl who was like a friend of a friend lived near me. So I like dropped her off as well. And I, we got in the car and Man on the Moon came on. And she's like, she knew I didn't smoke. I, I don't smoke. And she's like, wow, you you like a lot of stoner music for someone who doesn't smoke. And I was like, this is <laughs> th- things are not as they appear. <laughs> yep. Okay, Julia. Like, no, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that. That's something that he's just going to have to face in, in terms of his entire discography. Yeah. Anything uh, psychedelic. Totally. Obviously, I, I don't want to say he passed the torch because he's still doing things, but like very naturally, Travis Scott enters the phase and now he is the stoner music. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very similar kind of style of music. So I just feel like it kind of comes with the territory. I, I yeah, definitely think the like, feeling is definitely there. Yeah. But I the, think to reduce the art because you're trying to shoehorn it into a, a culture that you prescribe to is is unproductive i definitely agree that that's unproductive that is absolutely just unfair to the art and i don't like it yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah i to me that almost, that feels very outside looking in though like to me everyone sure. i know who is a stoner has nothing but love and appreciation for this album as like a deep work of art and like it was right. kind of the people 
on the fringes of it who kind of saw it that way in my experience. I agree, but I also think that it's it's very much the idea that you can appreciate something but not be able to appreciate it for all of its facets because you really relate to one. I think there's just like an, some inherent bias that comes with that territory. And in the circles that I traveled at the time mm-hmm. when that was popular, like 20, probably like 2016, 17, like that was definitely a theme, even for an album that at the time was almost, you know, 10 years old. Yeah. It was like you, you had people who were blinded by their own by their own like wants Pers- and their own kind of like lifestyle choices in a way. Mm. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Just it, it I feel like it kept it's, them from engaging the you, work in a more critical and like a more overall that a little way. bit for me because I'm just having trouble understanding. Yeah, like I guess I guess people who who prescribe very much to a certain identity associated with their consumption. So, and that's like kind of what we mm-hmm. do as consumers, right? We, we live vicariously through our consumption. We use it to define who we are as individuals. And there were people who I, you know, spent time with and things like that, who were very much, very much allowed themselves to be defined by the drugs they did and the people they associated with and yeah. the music they listened to and things like that. And I think that specifically like in the context of this group of people who i knew and i'm not saying this is true for everybody but i think it's like Mm -hmm. this is a kind of a common pitfall i've seen it with my little brother too it's like the community that you are with if they engage too what's the word i'm looking for like too enthusiastically with something it very much becomes like you're seeing the world through that the lens of that thing and in many ways i think that this art is diminished in that way when people like try and engage it through like the lens of strictly stoner culture if they're like taking it too far and that was like my experience with it as like early college yeah and i look i think there's something we're really going to agree with because when you said like oh people make like the substances they consume part of their identity right Mm -hmm. and to me like that's the to me that's the immediate disconnect that we agree on because i think as much as that marijuana specifically plays like a role in like Kid Cudi's story specifically on this album. Yeah. I don't think at any point is he making it part of his identity. Like, right. I think it's a part of his lifestyle, yeah. you know? And like, but be a byproduct or and something. Like, yeah. Because whenever you make anything part of your identity, it's just going to like create bias. And you know, my, my exactly. And yeah. My, and my philosophy on bias is like, there is no such thing as an unbiased person. There's no such thing as like unbiased, like art or communication. So it's best to just be honest about your biases and not yes. try and claim neutrality because that's mm-hmm. an impossible standard. And try and be aware of them. Yeah, yeah. Just try and be aware. That's and like, look, my ADHD and my habits just make me constantly self-aware. So it's like, <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, like I, I definitely think that's interesting because, yeah, that's a definitely a disconnect. I think that part, like being in that part of it could keep you from fully engaging with this piece. I really do. Yeah, I think there's a lot of art, especially in hip hop, that's diminished for that reason. I mean, you look at and this is going to make me sound old, but you look at like the connection people just a few years younger than us have to someone like Juice World, And it's like what percentage of that is attributed to his genuine discussion of the issues he faces as like a young person growing up in a contemporary society with struggling with substance abuse versus like 
oh, it's relatable because, you know, pills or like something like that, where it's like you may share you may share some kind of consumption habit with an artist, but you're allowing that to define your listening experience as opposed to listening to or like not listening to, but as opposed mm -hmm. to taking it in for what it is. And that's just an example. I'm not saying yeah. it's valid, but like I feel like that happens a lot in cultures that kind of promote or glorify different kinds of consumption habits of whether it's drugs or anything else in excess. Yeah. And it's like, it happens, it happens in rock music and metal and yada, yada, yada. Right. So. That's, that's actually what I was going to bring up because it, it does expand past just hip hop. Like you just mentioned rock music. There's a really I feel famous like... documentary about it where like they're interviewing a rock star and like, He's having like he's t taking the interview. I forget who it is. He was some. I think it was like the guy from Rat or like some band mm. that was super big in like the party called party metal scene of the eighties. Right? Yeah, like right, right around yeah. like the hair metal shit. The hair yeah. metal shit, right? And he's taking the interview in like a floating chair, like in his pool, and he's drinking like a like a handle of vodka, <laughs> and like he answers a question, and like he starts drinking. And you think he's going to stop and like he never and like he just never does. Right. And it was like at that moment, like it went from like, oh, this is like real fun and it's a party to like, this, this is, is sad. A threat. This yeah. is that was the moment that killed hair metal. And then grunge came in like, I, I don't know yeah. specifically, but like it's emblematic of like the moment that killed hair metal. And I think, I think like, about yeah, Sorry, go ahead. I think there's a sim and I definitely think there's a similar phenomenon like going mm -hmm. on in hip hop. I think there's also like a, like an undercurrent of like, I think the communities that like make hip hop are also the most affected by like, uh, like the opioid academic uh, epidemic and like other just drug abuse in general, self-medicating yeah. and like drug abuse as the result of like systemic failures and injustices. The song right. "Swimming Pools" exists for a reason. Yeah, like swimming like, pool. Oh god! And even that song within itself made, is played I as made... a party anthem. That you and drink. that's and that look at "Pursuit of Happiness." Yeah, it's called "Pursuit of Happiness" parentheses nightmare because it's about <laughs> it's about him having a nightmare where he's doing things that he wants to do but he knows he shouldn't be doing them. Yeah, I I just feel like that song is a little too anthemic for that to be so ironic. It's just, but yeah, it's no, you're tough right. To... It's tough to say this because obviously the worst parts of every community will amplify it. You're going to have skater people where it's like, okay, you're doing too much. It looks yeah. weird. Bro. Or like you're going to have certain rap people just like, okay, you're doing too much. Yeah. I feel like it, that within itself is an issue within the community. I feel like yeah. what, whatever it surrounds itself in each individual is responsible for their own actions. But like, I don't think it limits Kit Cudi in any sense. No, I don't sure. take away no. anything from the album. The fact that it it is now known as a smoking album, because in reality, a lot I of people think, smoke to it. I, <laughs> I, I think I think it was. I don't think it is anymore. I think now it's that's like, also fair. Yeah. yeah, I think like at the time, like that was the circles where this album got a lot of play. Like I know that's yeah. where my circles played this album a lot. <laughs> but I I think that is. That is just something that has moved on. I think like, I I don't know if I would call this like a very much an underrated album. I think it gets the flowers it deserves, right? Uh, and I think that phenomenon definitely happens, but I I'm willing to bet it mostly passed. 
I don't think this album comes up in popular culture and just in popular discussion as much as it should in a lot of ways. But I think that it's kind of in that awkward phase of being not quite old enough to be a classic for some people, whereas like for other people, it's been a classic persistently. Yeah. I think about like kind of the resurgence college dropout has had over the past like couple of years. I feel like that's gained a lot more like mainstream attention again than it had like when I was in high school, for example. Yeah. And I think that that's going to happen to this album as well. Yeah. So like there may be kind of that effect as well, where it's like it's going to stick around and it's going to come back even more so. Also, I, I realized the reason I thought of Juice World for that example was because of that interview with Future, where he describes meeting Juice World for the first time and actually kind of recognizing the con sort of the consequences of his his career or like the effects of his career on on young people. Yeah, and mm -hmm. that's a that's a super compelling um, like interview, a, a good read. Yeah, but their their collaborative project was called World on Drugs, and the you know that every cover. song yeah. was yeah. about it. Yeah. That one's good in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's a good album, but it's I like also, you, you think about the subject matter. It's like I also right. do think it's worth pointing a distinction between like the the kind of For drugs sure. Kid Cudi is talking about, definitely, and definitely. the kind of drugs, yeah, like just even <laughs> even if like the safer one certainly has its extremes and like the way it can change your perceptions. I think we really, as a culture, need to avoid equivocating those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even think, you know, marijuana is as bad as liquor. Like, I, I think it's, it's not. I mean, the physiologically, is, it's not. Yeah, yeah. The science is pretty settled on that. Like, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Anyway, so let's rank these songs. Yes. Let's do it. Let's I'm rank these songs. Uh... Oh, yeah. I got to share my screen. Hold on. Guys, guys, if there's an edit right now, I'm sorry. Oh, this is good. All right, this so we've got good, little a uh, little tier list going on here. We've got instead of the traditional S tier, A tier, B, C, D, E, F, so on, we mm. have a certified classic category for individual songs. We've got great listen. That's like wow, that stuck with me. I really enjoyed that. This is something that I'm like going to come back to regularly. We got bump like. You play it, you play it in the car, you enjoy it, you you like it, but it's not like it really stands out to you. Talk over it in the car, just kind of like it's background music, and then a skip. So these are going to okay. be our tiers for today, and we'll just go in order. I think we can just go through each one, kind of dissect the song, how we feel about it, and if we don't agree, maybe we, we come to a compromise, or if we are all okay. unanimous, we put it in the category. No, we're going to... Yeah. I love that idea. In my dreams, guys. So we do. <laughs> so we do have to agree. Okay. No, we don't have to agree. So like, it's <laughs> so agreement. No, I like it. the idea that we have to come to a compromise. In Where? my dreams, yeah. skip. Like, skip. Oh. Okay. Skip. Really? No, no, no. Here's the thing. Critically looking at the album, just just critically looking at it, I think it works wonderfully as an intro. I really, it really does. I just, especially this type of album, it does yeah. not eat a hard introduction. It doesn't. Yeah, no, it this I think this is the right intro for it. But I'm I'm compelled to say skip because I got to be honest with you, I have skipped this 10 times as often as I've listened to it. I listen to this all the way through every time because uh, everything turns out dope. So I'm I'm curious, I'm curious. <laughs> Cuz I think this is also a good way to to look into it. Yeah. Do not think about it like you're listening to the album. Just think about you're actually listening to the song by itself. That's I fair. think that's more fair. Because like yeah. if I'm playing a song by itself, 
I will not be playing yeah. in my dreams. Like if in my dreams came up on a shuffled playlist, mm. I would be okay. skipping it. That's my I would, thing. I would say in that case, I would, I would say it's a talk over it in the car because it's just kind of like low key. It's there. So that I is, guess that is. That, that's the thing though. Like that as an option isn't bad though. But I think I would say yeah, if, I'm gonna think about the rest of the, what we gotta go if, through. If yeah. I'm if I'm outvoted on this one, I'd say we put it towards the top of skip because it's like okay. it's approaching that. Cool. And it's kinda like, you know, it's in the middle. That's cool. fair. Okay. Next uh, up, I got ninety nine <laughs> problems and they all bitches. What's um, there to say? What is there to say? Okay, it's classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Like, what is there to say? No, we got to talk about the the song. Even no, it's a classic. Like, put it up there. But like, we gotta. But like, here's the thing, though. Like, Get out of my sight. But like, no, you you put it in the right spot. But the thing is, like, why is it a classic? We have to talk about it, otherwise the podcast is going to be very short this week. Like, yes. because I feel like this the certified classic thing is going to be out represented overly represented but uh but yeah no soundtrack to my life i think is just it it is possibly the greatest like emblematic song like it represents the entire rest of the album it does right it is mm -hmm. i would say soundtrack to my life did first what um fucking gorgeous did a year later Ooh, yeah it's a very good it's a, yeah, because like there's the intro. The only thing is that the intro to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I feel like, is more of a song. I definitely don't skip that sometimes. I definitely. Mean, I'm, I'm not equating them in that way. I just mean in the sense that but, like it sets the tone for the album and also perfectly delivers like yeah. a microcosm of what it is to be alive and within the culture at that time. And it's also like, fuck, man. Talk about an album. Talk about a song that has stood the test of time. Yes. Like 5 a.m. Summer Night. <laughs> Yeah, it's just such a dope concept, dude. Just in and, general, and everything, was, everything about this song, and is it was interpolated dope. into like one of my favorite songs by another classic artist from this era, "Hands on the Wheel." Yeah, that's very true. Ignorance right. is love, and I need that shit. Yeah, I need that on a shirt. <laughs> I would love that. I love that. I want that on a shirt as well. I'll call a designer. Like, I will make it on Redbubble. <laughs> I'll be calling a designer. <laughs> All right. All right. I think that settles yeah, that. Yeah. No soundtrack. That's the thing. I feel like there's going to be a lot of these that are like, are they a classic or are they a great listen? That's true. Uh, this one, I I think this is a top three song in streaming. This is a top three song. Partially it's a top, top three song, like listened and researched. I think it's fair to be like, this is a certified classic. Yeah. Simple as robotics. Uh, Try it. Yeah, simple as I, <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely. I feel like I'm leaning a little bit more close. Great listen, but I am not offended by the idea of it as a certified classic one bit. I would also agree with great listen overall, just because this song, I think, in terms of the the sound of the rest of the album, is actually a bit of an outlier. Obviously, we're evaluating these by, by themselves, but when I think of this album and I think about like the sound of Man on the Moon, I don't think of this song. Mm. Yeah, it's got the strings. But but other than that, it's it doesn't have the weight. The... It feels very. It feels like a kid named Cuddy song with better production. I a hundred percent agree with Ooh, you. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the the ultimate argument for great great list because it is a great song. Like this is a great example of a song that shows up on shuffle and I never skip. Yeah, no. 
Uh, but yeah, I guess that's a great argument. So I'm just going to save us some time on this one. Ooh, is it though? Me. I personally yes. will put it as a classic. I, I yes, d- it's a classic. Yeah, it is. Why must <laughs> why must it feel so wrong, Brandon, when I try and do right? My only thing is, <laughs> right, right. I don't know if it's my favorite of the Solo Dolo franchise series. I know, and you're and a cretin for saying that. I, I, I like don't, this one more. Really? Because I love the one with Kendrick. I do not like that, that one. That is tough. And, That's tough. I, I know. mean. And the the weird psychedelic Red Dead Redemption one on Man and Moon Three, <laughs> I Solo Dolo Part Three is my is, I like that one. I do not like the one on Indie Cut. I'm oh my sorry. god, I love the one. It's I got know. like this weird, like frantic, nervous energy to it that is not. I just don't associate feel, it with this. Uh, that this is that is song I, collection. Oh, that's what I associate with Indie Cut though, and I feel like that's the priority. If it's for sure, it's, but but then maybe yeah. it shouldn't have been Solo Dolo. Maybe it should have been something else. Well, yeah, but you. You gotta let Kid Cudi be Kid Cudi. I know. Uh, it's tough because like uh, once it, again, the thing is, once again, I'm not offended by it being a classic. That's just my thing. Is that I think it's the, my middle tier solo like solo dolo song, and I think that's worth pointing out. But if we're gonna make it a classic, we're gonna make it a classic. That that is fair. I, I just feel like when I listen to solo dolo and I think about like series. After I've grown into like company one, two, three, I've learned to like realize all of the all of them will be so different. Yeah. Like all the solo dolls are so and different. All the companies when, are so yeah. different. It's intentional. Yeah. And that's the point, you know? Like you can't right. you can't be you can't do the Metallica thing and just do the song in reverse. Um one other thing I did want to mention, I just realized I don't think we give it enough credit as a song in my dreams. It gave us that classic Kid Cudi four notes. That's like from that. So that's kind of a cool thing. But that is true. I'll give you that. Okay. Um, So this is gonna be so I'm gonna put solo dolo. I'm gonna put solo dolo a little down, like it's towards the bottom of certified classic. Like it could go in between. Okay, Okay. that's a compromise I'm willing to take. Heart of a lion lion is a classic. I like Heart of a Lion a lot. I argue with you. Heart of a Lion is a top three song on this album for me, including my favorite song of all time. It might be my second favorite song on the album. I would agree with you. I would say this goes squarely in the middle of certain. Heart of a Lion is one one of my favorite Kid Cudi songs. I'm upset I'm not listening to it right now. We're gonna put it right there. (laughs) You should do it like left to right, like you're reading. Oh yeah, that could work. No. Like this? Yeah, and then like if we get all the way to the end, you can put it down to the next one, and then you have all that more room. True. Uh, okay. Ooh, my world. This will be my world. Underrated, I think, personally. I don't think it's a classic, but I, I think it's like it could go in between Bump and Great Listen, That's but I think it's I'm, an underrated song. I don't I'm know. between Bump and Good Listen. I, I'm, I'm more, right I'm more towards Bump. Yeah, I'm, I'm towards I'm, Bump, too. Yeah, I'm more towards Bump, too. Uh, I I don't know how underrated it is, because I do think it's a really good song. And I think people give it the credit for being a really good song. But, like, look at the rest of the album. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you, you you don't hear this. I don't think you would hear this song mentioned in discussion of why people like the album, either, yeah. which is, like, even why though, I think it might be a little yes. underrated. Because it's, like, it's a solid, it's not filler yeah. in any way. And something I do want to give credit is I'm pretty sure, and I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm, like, pretty sure this is one of those songs that was floating around YouTube before the album came out. Yeah, and it unlike simple as, which I think I might like more, but unlike simple as, this one does have the man on the moon sound. 
Yes, mm. it yeah. does. So I, I definitely am happy giving it a bump. But yeah, I was thinking like right there on that border. Need I say more? Yeah, need I say more? My favorite song of all time. It is. I could not. I don't think I've listened to any song more than this one. <laughs> Besides, one thing we didn't. One thing we didn't really talk about yet that I think we're going to talk about after we do the tier list is like after we look at the tier list and where we put everything is just impact on the industry and everything else. But I want to go into this real quick because go ahead. this song came out two years before the album and it mm-hmm. debuted on MySpace. Yeah. And it Cuddy was, was a kid named Cuddy. A long time ago. Yeah. So, you know, Soldier Boy takes a lot of credit for being the first to do a lot of shit. Cuddy was the first rapper to, I think, really... Jasper? He used the internet in a way that made yeah. him compared to, yeah. He was the first critical artist to really use the internet to his advantage. Uh, I, I'll say that. Like, Soldier Boy. That's sure. So, so, I, I, Soldier I know, Boy like, was the a viral. Meme. Yeah, he was a meme. Yeah, the, the viral sensation thing, sure. But to become an actual, like, serious artist who's taken seriously and who gets, like, like radio play and accolades and, and cosigns is something mm-hmm. that. Yeah, nobody no, had done before this like this was a moment for that reason i think it's it's really important to point that out no i totally agree i i totally agree like it was it was i'm struggling to think if there was maybe someone earlier than him i don't think there was like there Soldier, wasn't yeah he was he, he was really the first to do it i mean 2007 it was getting traction on myspace and then he toured australia before yeah. he had like a full record deal yeah and mm-hmm. like because the only artist i can think of that I think gives Kid Cudi the only artist I can think of that give Kid Cudi a run for his money as far as like utilizing the internet in its early days were absolutely after him and they were Mac Miller and The Weekends. Yeah, and they, like yeah. even even like early Gambino to yeah. an extent. You know what's super funny? If you get a chance, mm. I'll put the SoundCloud link in the Discord. Uh, if you find the original mix of The Weekends, The Morning, he's mm-hmm. very clearly ripping off Kid Cudi. It is so hilarious. That doesn't surprise me. And I think it's a great, I think the version we got is better, but I think it's a great version. It's fantastic, but it is very clearly biting Kid Cudi very hard, mm-hmm. which is yeah. hilarious. Cause like it, when you actually, I, I think like when you look at trilogy, I don't see it at all, but that song I do. I think that's enough said about day and night. Sky might fall. Ooh, I'm feeling a very, very strong. Great. Listen. My mom really likes this song. I remember this was I in introduced, a Transformers trailer. I introduced both of my parents. That's fitting. I introduced both of my parents to rap kind of through Kid Cudi because he was mm-hmm. a bit of a compromise compared to like somebody just going hard on the mic where it's like there are elements of other genres in this. And they both like really got into him. And my mom uses it. My mom teaches fitness and she uses his stuff, like some of some of his stuff in her classes as like music for the for the classes and this is one of the songs that's like on rotation for her i don't get that shout out mom personally for me sky might fall it's a low great listen i could see that i think that's valid for me i'm willing to compromise and go low great listen to me i i I really like sky might fall there was a period where it was probably one of my favorites on the album but yeah no i i really like it I gotta say, I'm going back to my prior format because to me, this delineates like where they fall. Like this is like top. high yeah. grade, high certified classic versus like 
possibly certified versus Great Listen. So yeah, like, sure. I think this is, we're kind of stratifying it a little bit. Yeah. You could also, if and, you have room, you could just pull down. True. Intergalactic. This is a song that's interesting because like when this album came out, this was probably the one song I didn't like off of it. There was two songs I didn't like of this album when it came out and it was this one okay. and a different one. And I, unlike the other one, I have warmed up on this one a lot. So I'm thinking a strong bump. I would say this is a bump. I was really about to say, yeah, a bump. Yeah. Personally, I am very much not a fan of like horny Kid Cudi. Yeah, no, he doesn't do it well. What's that song on? He's got uh, a lot of bad ones. He's got. He has one on Kid Named Cuddy that's just not. Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk, is <laughs> Pillow Talk definitely was one. Pillow Talk, and then um, there's one more that's like right there with it. Although I do, there is a very good Horny Kid Cuddy song coming up, though. So. There, there is. That's fair. That's fair. But it's, it's different. Yeah. It's not trying. And that's what's nice about this one. This one's still like a bop. Yeah. When he does like his slow ones, that's when it's like you lost me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess that's fair. That's and I and think he, that's totally fair. And he's got him. He's got him on uh, what Balmain jeans off of. Um, yeah, that's off like of the, satellite flight. That's the only and song then, on that album I like. Really, it's the only one. Because I put that in the same category of like, damn, it's like slow, it's horny, it's like, eh, I don't yeah, know about, I, I get I don't it. Know if I like I, this. I get it. I get it. I feel like it works for that song. True. There's a lot of effect going yeah. on in that song. There's a lot of reverb. Yeah. And then he's got he's got um what is it? There's one off of uh off of Passion Pain. It's right before the guide. It's um Lying? What the hell is it called? It's like the dialogue between a guy and a girl, whatever. Um alive. I'm not gonna lie. The more mm. that we talk about this <laughs> I might move it down <laughs> to talk over it in the car. I'm so yeah. serious. Because, like, it, it's a decent song, but, like, I think this is the most disconnected from the rest of the album. In yeah, my it's, very, it's very dancey. It does not fit in any sense or any of the topics in what you hear in Man in the Moon. Ooh, I, I disagree. I think lyrically it fits very well within the topics of Man in the Moon. But aesthetically, I'm a, I agree with you. Right. I, yeah. It does not fit. <laughs> yeah, aesthetically, I agree with you 100%. I, I like it, the idea that my world is he's saying, like, one day this is going to be mine. And then intergalactic is him being like, yeah, I'm like, like, life is okay. You know, yeah. it's like kind of like that. He's like enjoying life. Um, alive. Total tonal shift. I don't think intergalactic should be between these two if, if you look at them in series because you look at what alive is about versus like my world and those two feel like very connected i mm, think yeah. like, i don't know out of place i what love this song yeah the chorus the chorus is as one of the yeah, best chorus yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, this is so the chorus yeah. yeah i honestly think it's the chorus that carries it yeah not to the, say the rest of the song is a good but the chorus is the way i it. love it i love like i love dark and creepy kid cuddy like he has this one song he did for this really bad movie called uh no one believes me Oh, I know that song. Yeah, I figured. Uh, yeah. And, like, <laughs> uh, and it's really good. I love Dark Creepy Kid Cudi. This is almost, I feel like this is like a Dracula laugh away from a novelty song, but like in a good way. I, like, have, <laughs> I have a playlist that I use when I go running at night. It's called Evil Shit. Yeah. And it's basically, it. this is on it. And it's stuff like this and like, really like heavy stuff from owl pharaoh and like um 
what's good from like Igor, where it's like oh, like man. like heavy evil shit. I, I yeah. love it a lot. Five percent tint is on there for sounding as devious as it is. I, I have great. I have the same playlist. Mine's called Nocturnal Vibes. Yes. And it has After Hours, uh, House of Balloons. <laughs> Something uh, wrong with this. <laughs> uh, Chanel. We gotta say uh, the name. <laughs> can't wait to see the YouTube comments. Like ten out of ten podcasts. Y'all need medication. <laughs> yep. I'm not too much. <laughs> All right. Where are we putting the live? Uh, it's clearly a classic. I would put it right in the middle between the the creme de la creme and the solo solo. <laughs> Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like that. it's it's like a strong classic, a, a, a mid class, like a, a firm classic, and then like on the border. Yeah, I. And we're gonna need the guitar. It. The guitar on this one, so man. So good. Fuck. I love it. And that was something I think we made it really easy for me to transition from being someone who listened to a lot of like punk and heavy metal to hip hop was like the really awesome instrumentation all over this album. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cuddy Zone. Just, it's a, I, right. <laughs> this is a classic. Like, this is a classic. Top, this is creme de la creme. Can I, tell you, can, I, can I tell you what I love about this one? Um, Sure. I love, to me, this feels like a false ending. It feels like an ending track. And it's like, it actually yeah. does feel like an ending track. You think the album is wrapping up. I'm feeling all right. And then it's like, oh, psych, there's more. Yeah. No, I yeah. I think this is classic. Classic. This what, is like, this no, is no, premium. Tip, tippity top classic. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the definition. I mean, I don't know about all life. that. I just mean like equivalent with soundtrack to my life. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, so much. Too many slices. <laughs> too many slices. Too many Thanks, classics. Like <laughs> it's um, enough slices. <laughs> There's so many classics on this album. I feel like what you need out of Kid Cudi and what he does better than everyone is the humming and the ooze, and this is like the perfect song. Yeah, for no, me. this is this is kid. <laughs> this and I feel like you can get like all of Kid Cudi between this and soundtrack to my life. Th- that is very fair. I, I just that feel is like. like <laughs> the fan base in what we like out of K Cuddy, there's two things that like always stick to me. It's just like, oh, like J. Cole fan base thinks they're like too high class. And then it's like K Cuddy fan base just humming. You just need humming. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what you need. <laughs> God, I just I love K so Cuddy Dude, I remember I got so mad because I feel like the idea of like the man on the moon is like so you synonymous with Kid Cudi that when I saw a, a, a song called Man on the Moon on the Brockhampton album that came out last year, I was just... Are we getting a feature? I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for the hums. And like, it's a, it's a low-key one of my favorite songs from last year. It is... I'm like waiting for it. It would have been a good collab, but no, didn't happen. Very disappointing. Nothing. Yeah, no. Kid Cudi is definitely one of my favorite artists when it comes to creeping yeah. on like a track where it's mm. like you know a feature's coming up and you can just hear him kind of like ad-libbing in the background. Like, <laughs> like Travis is very clear when he it's him on one yeah, doing it. it makes everything sound like rodeo. It's <laughs> like, but, uh, dude, as soon as he was on Scissor's album, like the second it yeah. starts, like, oh yeah, Travis Scott is on his song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like Cuddy, Cuddy does it in a way that's like more subtle, but like if you're yeah. listening for it or like you know it's coming. And the good example of that that I really like is... He's on um, 
uh, through the late night, right? Yeah. With mm-hmm. with Travis, the song before that off of Birds in the Trap, he's there. He's he's making noise, mm-hmm. but he's not singing or vocal. He's like vocal vocalizing, but he's there's no lyrics. So it's like if you know he's there, he's like contributing something, but it's like subtle, and I like that. Okay, so I gotta ask a question, and you guys can feel free to either agree with me or tell me I smoke too much weed. Does anyone else think Through the Late Night kind of feels like a sequel to Day and Night? That's the whole point. Yes. Right? Like, if he, Travis if Scott says Marcus, the word like, Day yeah, and Night. I, I, like, yeah, I get it, but, like, I meant throughout the entire song. Like, Yeah, totally. Okay. I mean, he was always, he was always, he was always <laughs> influenced, and he, he said himself without Kid Cudi, there would be no Travis Scott. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. like Ranger an homage. Touch. He's really worn that influence on his sleeve. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely respect people who make it clear where they get their ideas. Make her uh, say. Make her say. Oh, 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 oh. Eh. I, I don't know about. It's a classic. No, it's a classic. It's a classic. Born '88. How old is that? Old enough. Old enough. Which is like kind of crazy because like that girl was still 24 when this song came out. Like, <laughs> Kanye like, is old enough. Kanye is very respectful. Let's put of it ages way. and only of that. Age, like, and only that. Yeah. Of aging consent laws and only that. <laughs> I got seniority with the sorority. Yeah. So like, I don't know, man. This song is good. And that Lady Gaga, like, Mm-mm-mm. is that a sample, an interpolation, or did she do that? I think it's an interpolation. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is on that song. Yeah, he is. He is a writing credit. I don't even know it. I gotta say, also better than yeah. Erase Me. Sorry, just gonna say that. Um, did you what? say it's better than Erase Me? In my opinion, it's better than Erase Me. I, I don't mean, really like Erase Me. I don't well, know how I, you could equate the two. Yeah, I don't see how you equate the two. I agree, but I also love Erase Me. I gotta say, thoughts with Jamie Foxx. Apparently he's been in the hospital for like three. Oh weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I had no idea, dude. Jamie Fox is a real one. I love Jamie yeah. Fox. Yeah. Get well he's soon, been in the Jamie. Hospital for if you're uh, if you're obviously very much definitely listening to this, get well soon. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. also make a movie with me. Like, <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm uh, not gonna. No, yeah, I'm, no, I'm not gonna no. do it. This is one of the ones that we really need to discuss. This. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not even on the thing. I ain't I, gotta say shit. Yeah. No. It's just like, the chart refuse. doesn't even have a label. Well, like, Pursuit of Happiness at the top refused to elaborate. I will. Well, here's the thing. Like on one end, like I totally agree. Pursuit of Happiness is a tippity top tier song on this album. I have no problem with that placement. I will say this though. If that song is supposed to like, I know it's like called Nightmare and everything, but like, I don't know. Like, I never really got the irony in it. I don't think it's as successful at that as Swimming Pools is. Well, like, I just the, never... the idea is that it's the whole idea, and I've like heard him talk about it. He's it's written from the perspective of like you're in a dream where you are not lucid dreaming, so it's like you do not have control of it. It's like you don't necessarily you wake up from a dream and you're like, I didn't like that, like that kind of feeling where it's like driving drunk. I'm doing my thing. People told me slow my roll. I'm saying fuck that. It's like he's living recklessly in like a dream state where he's not in control. And then he's he's like the song is not him coming to terms with the consequences of thinking or feeling that way. It just is him like in that stream of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I. I get like I'm on the Wikipedia article for it right now. I'm sorry for being a lame, but like 
I get that that's like the whole point of it, but it to me, I just never. Yeah, I, I, I and, never I can never get past the amazing performances on it. Guess what? The same he agrees. Way. He agrees with you yeah. because he's he actually said it. So I'm going to say anybody listening to this, watch A Man Named Scott, the documentary on uh, I think it's on Amazon. It's uh, about his like career, early to mid career. And he, he discusses the song and he says, you know, for a long time, he didn't like playing it because it was like a dark place for him. But then he mm-hmm. kind of came around on the idea that his fans kind of used it as like an anthem. And now he plays it at every show regardless because yeah. he, and even if it's a Steve Aoki version, cause he just like, he understands what it means to people yeah. in a different way than he originally intended. So like he's kind of compromised on like the original artistic vision and letting people have their, their feelings about it. I mean, I mm-hmm. cool. hell yeah. And he's played it at every show. I've seen him twice and he's played it at every yeah, show. I've seen he plays it at every show. Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, so like, Hey, good on him. Uh, and I actually, I'm not a big Steve Aoki fan, but I like his remix of this album. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's just my one thing is that it, to me, it's not like swimming pools where the second I think about it a little bit, I'm like, Oh shit. I know what this is actually about. Yeah. To me, I, I just get so caught up in like the, like the, the evocative imagery and the amazing production by MGMT who were another like route into this album for me. Cause I was a fan of MGMT at the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, so I feel like there's there's certain songs that Kid Cudi is able to create where the emotional factor plays into it because like this is a song you could actually cry to. Yeah, like no, he no, has no. a few songs you could legitimately cry to. This would be a song you could cry to, which yeah. like just puts it an extra step above. Yeah, but yeah, no, I got I got no problem with it in its position right now. I just wanted to bring that up because like until this very moment, I was almost un- completely unaware of it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, who wants to go about. higher? Higher? Uh, Can we get higher? I'm gonna put this so, at uh, talk over in the car. I was really about to say because the thing is, it's not a bop; it's it, a slower song. A I slower would put it at I would put it at a bump personally. I when this comes on, I'm vibing. This is like I'm I, a, a low bump. I go like this when, when it comes on. I go like this. This was th- when I said like Intergalactic was the song where it was like oh I didn't like it when it came out and like it's grown on me. This was the one that didn't. Like, I see. Yeah, and I look low bump is not something I'm offended by. I'm that is a compromise I'm happy to make. Uh, but to me it is distinctly talk over it in the car, and I would even put it maybe one step below Intergalactic. But we're compromising here, so I can compromise that. I would put, put it in the middle somewhere. I would put it in the middle. Okay. Um. One thing that never fails to amuse me about this song is, you know, they were high as shit when they wrote this because, well, obviously, the, yeah. the, the open, but the opening he says, "Easy Sunday morning, we right here on a beautiful morning." I do love grass that. Grass is frosty. Kids I are w- going to school. Yeah, and it's a Sunday morning. You sure? <laughs> Could be Sunday. Are you school. sure about that? <laughs> yeah, Cleveland's super yeah. Catholic. Like, Sunday school, maybe, yeah. and maybe, also, I don't know. Also, I don't want it's never been confirmed. I don't want to burst your bubble here, but I'm certain they were high writing this whole album. I know like, <laughs> his entire <laughs> career, <laughs> sure, not his entire sure. career. He had a few sober <laughs> albums, Indica he did have some sober, and it was good. So, <laughs> uh, and I will defend that point. Now, so when the sun made it up, to up, up actual outro.
I'll be there to say what up in the morning. Okay, so I put this as a bump. Interesting. Okay. So I definitely remember when this song came out. Like I was, I had heard this song like through school and everything, and then like right after high school, like after living with this album for like a year, right? I reconnected with an old family friend, and he was a huge Kid Cudi fan. Mm-hmm. And like he was, he was like one of those gatekeepy motherfuckers who like, you know, is always the bigger fan than anyone else in the room. And like this was the one where he's like, "Nah, real Kid Cudi fans hate this fucking song." So, Interesting. And like that was, and like that was my first experience with it, but it was not my only one. Where like, oh, like they're the hardcore fans of his when this album came out thought this was him selling out. I don't agree with that per se. But I do think it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I think it's an amazing song. I think his live renditions of it are incredible. But I I don't know if it's as good as all the songs above it. I might put it above my world, but I don't know about all the other ones. I think it's a fitting end to the album. I don't think there's anything about it that is, like, stands out <clears throat> in an unpleasant way for me. It it leaves off on exactly the note that I think is trying to be communicated through the narrative, right? Where it's like, he's continuing on and he's like looking to like find himself in a sense or to find out what his purpose is. Yeah, mm. that's totally fair. And I think that's like a nice way to like conclude it. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's a good, it's a good period. I would yeah. say to the, to the rest of the album, you know, okay. I'm gonna actually going to use. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I think it's a good closer. I just don't know if it's just like the, you know, the strongest closer in the world. But yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. And I do think because you brought it up earlier. Now that I'm thinking about it again, I think I'm coming to this position. You said Cuddy Zone feels like a false ending. Yeah. And I think without a song like that, this would be very disappointing. But I do give it leeway because we do have like those because I feel like this this album calls for like a very epic conclusion. But we have mm-hmm. those songs throughout the album, so I yeah. guess I'm a lot more lenient on this one not being that, if that makes sense. That's fair. Oh well. So, where are we where are we putting this? I would I consider it a bump. Like I'm not like hyped that, when I listen to it, but yeah, it's like I, I enjoy it a lot. I I say bump. I say bump. Purvis. Solid, solid bump. Go with it. Yeah, honestly, no, I say bump. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, now we get to the bonus tracks. Are we doing them all in so, one as a batch? No, no, I'm just no, 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 oh, no. Okay. Like, now we got things, just, we got things to talk about here. It, yeah. I was I was about to say I feel like this is where we're gonna get the most conflict. Yeah, um, this is probably gonna be the most conflict. Because for me, when I think Kid Cudi, I think of Man on the Moon. It's literally the title track. I, I know it wasn't originally on it, but this is a classic for me. Yeah, this no, is it's like a, the it's, definition for me to kick Cuddy. It's a great song, and yeah, it was weird that this song wasn't on it, right? But at the same time, like I do feel like it's not even close to the best song on the album. It might. It is not the no. best song. It might. No, it's not. I put it. it is not. I put it like a great listen. That's where I'm. Okay. I, I would kind of agree. One thing, and I know we're not we're, we're evaluating these on a song by song basis, but it's impossible for me to not bring this up. For me, there is a very noticeable change in recording quality yeah. between these oh, yeah. three tracks and the rest, and even day and night and the rest. You listen to his vocals on like a good set of headphones, you can really pick out that it's a different setup. 
there's a lot less of the high end on his voice and his voice feels just like more compressed really like you can yeah you can tell it's a different setup it doesn't detract from day and night because day and night is a, a absolute fucking powerhouse of a song yeah. but like you can tell and it, for me there's like a little bit of a disconnect yeah. in that way to me i always especially because i had an exact opposite of <clears> on that because really? when Kid Named Cuddy came out last year to streaming services, and I was able to spend a lot more time with that, yeah. there's a version of Day, Day and Nights on that one, too, right? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. the same song. It's the same beat, the same lyrics, and the same performance. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's clearly re-recorded. I don't think it's re-recorded. I think it's remastered. Or remastered, remixed. I think, to me, it sounds noticeably different, like, in the mix. And I'd have to li- I'd have to re-listen to the kid. You gotta you gotta listen to it back to back. Like you you gotta do a direct comparison. Yeah. So to me, like I almost felt like it sounded like they recreated it. Interesting. Yeah. So for Man on the Moon, then how do we feel? Are we thinking great listen? I definitely put great listen because like as great as it is and as emblematic of the project as it is, I just think he has better songs. And I I, agree. I don't I don't knock you for your recording quality comments. I. Like I get that these are extras, so I don't necessarily hold that against it, but it is objectively sure. true. It's it's something that even if you're not anticipating for it to, like I would never yeah. expect it to detract from the experience, but it's something I can't help but notice. Yeah, DJF. which is going to be interesting going into this one because this is a certified classic. This is a certified classic, and I think the low quality or the more DIY aesthetic of it works. That's why favor. I love it. Works in its favor. There's some sacrilege happening here, however, right. unfortunately. Okay. The song that makes this song hit as hard as it does is not included here, which is Save My Soul. Because that is like a lead up to this. And they flow into one another. And they just like took this one and just put it there. Mm. I don't know. Because like I remember hearing this song floating around on YouTube. So like I've always associated this song as like a single on its own. Okay, I, that's fair. I have zero association with this with a different song. For me, the build of who's gonna save my soul now? And it just like goes oh, yeah. all the way through and then it builds up to it. It's like Ugh. But I, I could see that. I could see how like as a single it's it's strong still. Yeah. I was gonna say it does work both ways, but I think as a single it, it's strong enough by itself. It doesn't we, need an introduction track or anything. I think it's a classic. Thinking? classic okay i would say i would put this low classic or very very high great listen so i guess yeah. we'd put it more towards the center I, I would be i'd be willing to put it low classic yeah, I, put it low. I, I would put it low classic there i think go. that's fair because like it is a uh like you said it like there, it's a it, mixtape song it's a mixtape quality song it's a mixtape. and i think it's a great <laughs> mixtape quality song and it's one of my favorite of his songs and like once again, I think the lower, like the more DIY feel, makes it better, not worse. I was really uh, about to say I don't need to explain why I asked to rap. It's the yeah one of the no. best. Mm, that's an album quality mix. Like, that's right. an album and quality mix. Yeah. I will say, TJF is bookended, right? So it's got "Save My Soul" or whatever it's called that flows into it, and then the TJF flows into Cuddy Spazzin. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is not that it matters in the context of this tier list. I think significantly inferior to yeah. both of the others. Cuddy Spasm, the end of it, where he's just like going off on like shouting things out. Toledo, what up? Ohio, what up? Yeah, no, like, that song's not good. Get that shit out of here. Yeah. 
That was that a very get that off. That that's a very two thousands like, mixtape thing. But yes, I yeah, agree. right. That gives me very much like LeBron James at the last game of the World Series wearing the Cleveland or Nowhere shirt, and I'm like, I pick Nowhere. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a very good bit. I like that. It's such an obscure thing to. <laughs> I don't know why. That's like cemented in my <laughs> brain. The 2016. Well, I remember why. I remember why because I remember seeing footage of like people at a bar when this happened where like lebron was there and everyone's like the second lebron's like on the screen wearing that shirt everyone's like boo because <laughs> it's like a bar in wrigleyville oh boy I get that. Uh, uh, benefits of being in lincoln park when when the cubs won their <laughs> only world series uh, right. i was i was a hundred feet outside wrigley field when that happened yeah fuck i <laughs> died it took me three hours. dangerous it took me like three four hours to get back to the south loop oh what a disaster yeah is there any love Ooh, this one i think it's a bump i would i would put this as a bump by itself although i really again don't love the placement of it in the context of the deluxe edition yeah i am putting this as a great listen personally but i'm okay with a high bump yeah i it's super funny because i associate this with a a, a the movie 30 minutes or less because that's where i first heard this oh yeah i completely forgot about that movie yeah it's it's such a good it's such a fun comedy, and then you learn about the like, kind of problematic ass nature of it, mm-hmm. where like it's a real thing that happened and people died. <laughs> like, oh, and they made a very goofy comedy about it, which is like very in a, yeah, it's very inoffensive. But like, they used like Still. real names and everything. Like, damn, okay, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, but yeah, I, no, when yeah. I <clears throat> I was gonna say like the the thing is with is there any love. You know the video that you sent me on TikTok this week about drums? Yeah. Drums are so in do not mess up the drums. No, yeah. And drums so when are... I think of like perfectly executed like drum beat into a song, this would be this one of one. the obvious. Yeah, parts. that's a that's a really good that's a really good point. I also really like how he just straight up says, Call me Obama on yeah. this. Call me Obama. <laughs> like it's very funny. Very two thousand and eight, very like <laughs> Yeah. Long time ago. God. <laughs> Long time oh ago. Oh my god. Remember when the world wasn't awful, guys? One thing that <laughs> yeah. I I harbor no nostalgia for as an individual, but very much like feel the nostalgic energy of on a kid named Cuddy is the constant references to Bapes and Ten Deep. Oh so, my god. I, yeah, like, I was 18. I did not know what Bape was. Like to have to have the Bapestas with the 10 deep T is like wild. And then recently, like 2018, there was a special uh 10 deep commemorative anniversary t-shirt that came out which is like all over print and it's the the moon from Kid Named Cuddy where it's like in the corner of the album. It's the whole shirt. It says that is like that, and it's just like surprise, like weird, obscure mixtape anniversary shirt because <laughs> it's it gets shouted out in the album so much. It's like the unofficial collab. Yeah, no, I get that. Wow, look at our final tier list. This is beautiful. This was a good idea. We should do this more often. This was a good idea. We made a tree. Yeah, we made a tree. Yeah, or like half a mountain, <laughs> or half a know. spaceship, like. <laughs> Star Maybe Wars I'll... Day Anyone. Like Oh, we're back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Venmo myself a dollar. <laughs> Fire almost... that gun and let it go. Like <laughs> We almost made it. We were so we close. 
Oh my god. Yeah, I bet. No, oh, yeah. All right. Should Is we, there uh, any final thoughts we want to give out about Man on the Moon, Jasper, birthday boy? Do you want to say anything right. about it? I guess baby. <laughs> yeah, the the one thing that we we didn't really touch on, just like industry influence, like. I mean, we talked a... about it a little bit about how he just like. It, it, I think there was a phenomenon that happened with movies where like the X Men came out and it was a huge success, right? Mm-hmm. But then Spider Man came out and it knocked the door down, and then every comic book got a movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to like being emotionally vulnerable in music, the X Men was Kanye, he did it first. And then Kid Cudi was kicking the door down. For sure. Yeah. I, I think that that's how I see it. I agree. I feel like, yeah, there's there's a reason today that's like a hot topic that people are, are into. I think that there's a whole generation of artists who wouldn't necessarily have a career or at least the same form of career because they have the ability and, and the flexibility to talk about things that, you know, yeah. were made popular and, and made front of mind in the, in the culture by this, by this yeah. album. And like on one end, I wonder if, if without kid Cuddy, would it still have happened? I think it would have, I think it would have, but I but, think it would not be, I think it would be like an alternative side of hip hop as opposed to so mainstream. That's definitely a fair point to make. Uh, I just think it is undeniably reality that kid Cuddy did this, you know, yes. like I don't think it was, you know, I think once again, Kanye was the one who like kind of like proved that this could happen in a mainstream esque sound, and Kid Cudi mm-hmm. was just the winner of the arms race. Yeah, you know? I definitely think you know eventually when Drake came along with like Young Money behind him, he probably still would have yeah. made a splash, but it's undeniable he made a bigger splash because of Kid Cudi. Yeah, it's the the the, the stage was set. Like. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you see Drake's career take off in the same way without it. I don't think you see people like Juice World, X, Lil Uzi no. Vert, Travis have careers without it yeah, in no. a sense, yeah. or like the, the to the scale that they do today. Maybe Travis because his his subject matter is different, but sonically he borrows a lot. I think like mm-hmm. if you just have, I think Travis is actually the best example of someone who wouldn't be here without Kid Cudi because he has very direct. Oh yeah inspiration from Kid Cudi. Musically, yes. Yeah. yeah. Thematically yeah. less so, but sure. Yeah. Yes. Thematically much less so. I definitely feel like the thing that makes, I'm trying to think of like a bad Kid Cudi clone. There, I don't think there really is one. You know, cause like Kid the Cudi thing clone. was, you know, maybe like Kid Ink was like, well, I don't think there's clone. really anybody who's really a clone. I think it's too hard to imitate directly. That's fair. But it's just like, I don't, I a think bad it's, byproduct. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to think of a bad example, you know? Yeah. Besides maybe Post Malone. <laughs> I don't know. It's undeniably the <laughs> sing-songy hip-hop opened the door for someone like that. The thing is, you Post hate Malone Post just Malone much, much more than like a lot of people. Post Malone much just more broke than the a... record for the most diamond diamond singles, right? Eight diamond singles? Yeah. And or something he, like that? Yeah, and he no longer is categorized as hip-hop. Like, no, I, I, I think that's I, fine. I think that's fine. But I would I never, I would never have categorized him as hip hop to begin with. To be yeah, but he was. I know, but yeah. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, it, it, yeah, he was though. That's the thing. And yeah, I, mean, I would consider it like pop rap. I think right now he's firmly pop, and I think that's why I hate him less. Well, what's interesting enough, what you just said, pop rap. That's something that we were going to discuss as well, because there is a difference between rap and hip hop. 
So yeah. if he's pop rap, I think that's fine. Yeah, I mean, there is a difference between... To me, like, I always think, like, that's such, like, a... I don't know. Like, to me, rap is the is the technique, you know? Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like... like it's a pop song using yeah, a rap agree. style. So yeah, I it's like there's no guitar that. music, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you look at, like, the vocal... Stru- like, the, the lyrical structuring of Congratulations. You could put that over, like, a drill beat, and it would... Like, if you had Pop Smoke say the lyrics, like, speak the lyrics to congratulations like it's a rap song the rap lyrics yeah. it's just that it's over a, a, a instrumentation that is inherently poppy yeah well mm. i think congratulations was more when he was very directly hip-hop like aping hip-hop yeah. i think when he got into beer bongs and mentleys and hollywood's bleeding and his most yeah. recent album i think yeah. then he has gone very clearly into like the pop almost like a rocky kind of vibe which oh, even I, the which, aesthetic is- yeah, which yeah. I I appreciate. I think he I much prefer newer Post Malone to older Post Malone, but you know I I look. I'm just saying you're trying to th- I'm trying to scratch my brain of an artist that like could be the downside of this, and that's where I went. Mm-hmm. You know, fair. Um, I guess the only other the other thing that's like also worth considering is like the uh, just the. The musical diversity, the ability to synthesize elements from different genres in a way like this, I think that definitely has paved the way for a lot of people sonically. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think you would see people like Lil Yachty putting out projects where they jump genres without somebody doing it first and really kind of taking a fall in a lot of ways. Because C- Cuddy was really the first person to I think do that for mainstream hip hop. I don't know about the first, because like tough. there's been well, maybe not the first, lot. but but definitely like one of the biggest. Look at look at WZRD. Yeah, no, I I, love I wouldn't even say the biggest. I think he has the benefit of being one of the first people yeah. with the internet takes. Yeah, sure, but that's like, like had, that's that's a, that's a byproduct. Yeah, yeah, had, I mean, it's a byproduct of it yeah. though. It's like it's like the the reach is part of this of the fact that that exists. So like he was able to do it in a really big way for the time. And like to support your arguments a little bit. Like a lot of the until Kid Cudi came around, the most interesting genre mix ups were happening more on the rock side with people like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, or or Jay Z doing like his like like Linkin Park. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot, I yeah, it felt like all the more interesting rap rock fusions were happening in the rock world and not in the hip hop world. Yeah, and I I would say it's a stretch to call this a hip hop rock fusion. It definitely takes inspiration from other genres. For sure, one hundred percent. But, and I, I, I don't think you're giving it more credit than like it deserves. I think you're absolutely right. But yeah, it does like lead the way. You know, the only thing is that you know I think he is a good rapper, and I kind of like just hearing that a little bit. I agree. And you know, looking back on this album, so many years later, I say I think we got that in his discography. Like I don't think Kid Cudi is someone that I am lacked for straight straight hip-hop from so mm-hmm. yeah no and then i guess the other thing that needs to be addressed that we didn't address production one of the most in my opinion underrated producers <laughs> of all time data genius yeah on day and night on a lot of shit and Is then he, also I'm, I'm looking at the production credits right now well, I mean, across his career as well, oh, not okay. just like yeah. just in general. And then Plain Pat, obviously, yeah. super influential, like 
made the album, gave the album its sound, and then Emil obviously as well is yeah. is part of that. But mm-hmm. I think production really is kind of like a central focus of this album that doesn't get talked about. You see like superstar producers today, like Pierre Byrne, and you see like Metro and all of them, and it's like it's it's surprising to me that 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 side of this doesn't get a little more love or a little more attention just because it's really what fostered that sound you know it's like Cody came up with all the lyrics and like instrumentation was there and he would like make up lyrics and music for it on the spot but you you I don't think, see the appreciation there i think it's more of a timing thing in general yeah. Yeah. i don't think that's to discredit any of them but i wouldn't call them underrated i just think during that time period producers weren't the main focus i would say even Kanye himself was a major producer, but he didn't want to be a producer because he didn't he didn't have enough to do with it that he wanted to do. I, I feel like forty say, is not over like I wouldn't call forty overlooked, you know. Yeah. But he doesn't say, get any credit for anything. Yeah. I will say that the Kanye is is a, a good bit earlier. So I think things had started to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was it definitely wasn't to the point where we were at in like 2014, 2015, when it's like things started to take off for producers. I mean, even if you look at older producers now, you look at The Alchemist, you look at yeah. any of those people, they really didn't get credit until more recently, I would say, where their yeah. name is now yeah. considered like it's yeah. written on That's, Spotify when you look yeah. at the song. <laughs> the That's only the, person the, I could think of who got that credit, like got his flowers at the time, like 90s was like DJ Screw. DJ yeah, Screw, Dr. Dre before. For sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, producers were definitely overlooked until the internet yeah. era. Like, I, if there's anything our generation can be proud of, it's the fact that we've made producers much more of an active part of the culture, I think. I was about to say, as a culture in general, our generation likes people to get credit for the work they put in. Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, the older generation may not be that work ethic. And I think, <laughs> like, Look, I think if this album came out nowadays, I think the there would be a lot more discussions about the production. Oh, yeah. But the thing 100%. is that, like, you know, I do think if there's anything working against this album is that it's so clearly a classic. Yeah. You know, like, yes, like, the discussions about the production were definitely overlooked at the time and haven't gotten their due. But I don't think there is a great hunger to discuss this album because everyone just kind of agrees it's a classic. At, at, at its mat, like at its overall excellence, yes. and like, look, it's one of those things I've talked about earlier. Like when you like something, like even if you don't have like the bias of being against critical thought, like you're just less likely to be critical of it just because you're just not. Like it's just like they, it's a thing that we do, mm. and I think that's an example of what's happening here. And I think if it came out today, I think it would have gotten the produce production would have gotten its due. Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so wild and kind of disappointing to me that people like Dot are making really really cool stuff today and still not really doesn't seem like they're really getting the roses. Like Tequila Shots, big, that was like a big hit of a song. He's the producer on that. His tags at the beginning, Radio Silence, or like Talk About Me, which is Jid and what is it Denzel Curry on that as well? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's like those are some hot names right now with like a lyrical lemonade video with dot the genius like all over it like in yeah. the video like, and nobody's in... talking about it like it's crazy to me but like do people talk about that stuff like outside say, of reddit it... threads like where where are you expecting people to have these conversations 
I don't I, think that's I, producers. I, I don't know. I feel like I see I feel like I see content about producers like every other day on IG, just like music, like music content I get recommended. Yeah, but like I mean you... like that song in specific. Like the songs you just named. I think they're good songs. You think they're good songs, but I don't think those are that's trending fair. songs that were like yeah, in conversation. Yeah, so, like tequila... what the fuck do these people know about me? <laughs> Look, I no love one it. was singing that. <laughs> we were singing it. I was singing yeah. that all the time. Dude, <laughs> hey man, I Jin, love, Jin I, and Smino sold out. So dude, I that's another say, thing. Absolutely, yes. Look, I yeah. I'm feeling like fat Gucci if there ever was one. Like, <laughs> that's the hardest. <laughs> Got your boy feeling like I'm fat Gucci. Fat Gucci. Yeah, I love that, dude. I'm, I'm gonna start saying that more often at the office. Uh, <laughs> How you feeling? How office, you feeling? Dude. I feel like fat Gucci, dog. <laughs> How you feeling? <laughs> and like my fifty-year-old okay. creative director is gonna be like, okay, <laughs> literally, that's all they can say. Yeah, I'm but, hip with it. Uh, <laughs> all right, but should we do recommend it? Let's yeah, do let's it. do our recommendations. All right, but. Um. Well, I get I got the doc open, so I'll just open it up. Um, uh, my first one. Speaking about playlists that we were talking about earlier, <laughs> my playlist is Neptune's Clouds, and I haven't listened to it in a very long time. And the first time, the first song I have on that is Boss, the song Risk, featuring F um F G F J K. I want to say, um, and he performed it at Coachella. Absolutely phenomenal song. Just the vibes are immaculate. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'm going to do my first one. Uh, it is a song that got into my rotation again because of a movie trailer, uh, which is something that happens often to me. Uh, and I went back, I re-listened to it, and I've, be, I've been re-listening to this artist, uh, th- this group a lot since I've heard it. And it's uh, Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Oh wow! Hey. Yeah, no, dude, that song's so good. So many good bars in it. Just absolutely fantastic. We're eventually gonna have to do a Beastie Boys. We gotta do a Beastie Boys, but we gotta get someone older, like for that one. Yes. Because, like, look, here's the thing: as I've revisited the Beastie Boys, I'm like, oh wow, like it is very clear that like they were of of the culture, doing minimal appropriation. But at the same time, like as much as I like it, it it's a little corny. Like even like, yeah. And like, how could this not have been at the time? Like, you know, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. This song bangs. I love the BC boys. Undeniable truth though. Yeah. All right. Jasper. My first one Purvis is just for you. The song that's going to get you into Pink Floyd. It's <laughs> off. A lot of pressure. It's off of dark side of the moon, which up until very recently, I think, was the greatest selling album of all time. And it's The Great Gig in the Sky, which is an amazing instrumental and vocalized track, which is just like super intense, powerful. It's a bit of a roller coaster and it does it without any words. So super cool. Interesting. Okay. But I'll just take a look into it. It's a, it's a great um, My second song is going to be by Duckworth. It's going to be a song called Make You Go. That's a name um, I have not heard in a long time. Man. Wow. Yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> going back and listening to this. Yeah. I highly recommend it. <laughs> Brandon? Okay, it's oh, me. Yeah. I fe- feel like I've recommended this before, but I've gone over the 
the thing several times and I don't see it. So I'm going for it uh, okay. because I was I this song showed up on my shuffle and I was like I was prepped to recommend intergalactic intergalactic. And I'm like, I think this song might be the exact opposite. Uh, <laughs> okay. And so I'm recommending Tints, Anderson Pack featuring Kendrick Lamar. OK, but yeah, like, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's That's a, actually a really good song. Yeah, no, it's a good one-two punch. I just remember. I don't know if this is on the album. I think this is on. Is this on the album with like the six summers or something? Yeah. And we would just this shit gonna bang for at least six summers. We said it every I day. I love that no so We said it every dude, single day, dude. I did that. No dude, reason. I remember just circling back to the conversation we had last week. Um, uh, Jeopardy when Killer Mike is like the Jewel Runners top tag team for two summers. I used to say that all the time with like my my art director because we like yeah. won a competition back to back and they were summers. We were like top tag team both summers. What's up? And then I sent him that and I'm like, dude, they are. It's six <laughs> summers now. Like we are. It is a summers go. arm race. <laughs> like, when I hear about summers, I can never. I can never th- like not think about five beats a day for three summers. Five beats a day for three. I uh, dude, I've said that so many times. Like, yeah, but if you made five beats a day for three for summers, three summers, like... yeah. Oh my god, I, I love, love summers as a unit of measurement. I love it until someone. I love it until someone uses it as a unit of measurement as a verb. Yeah, if someone never heard that, if someone, if someone did someone that, says, I would mean? chop their head off. <laughs> If someone says, where did you summer? Then oh, yeah, that's no. how you know they have too much money. I don't know. Like I, That I, is also true. When summered I, in the Hamptons. I, I know someone who goes to Barbados every year for Christmas, and even they don't do that. So, Hell nah. <laughs> like, Maybe you winter. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how do you spring? It's like with moon shoes, like everyone else. Like, like, Please. I love Sky Mall. Yeah, I love Sky Mall. We should all get moon shoes. Like next, next man on the moon, man on the moon revisited yeah, featuring. Man, yeah, moon shoes. Uh, all right. Think of how much better views we'd get at concerts. <laughs> oh, just crushing people. Yeah, Love just it. crushing people. All right, my next one, my last one is gonna be uh, Big Cuddy song off a project I don't think is as appreciated as it could be. Passion, pain, pain and demon slaying, releaser. Which is the closest thing we'll get to if Kid Cudi made a like Gregorian chant. It's dark. Oh, it's heavy. Chant. It's intense. It's on my evil shit playlist. It's <laughs> okay, but I'll take that Kid Cudi recommendation for the Kid Cudi podcast. I hate to do it to him. Had to do it to him. Had to do it to him. All right, well, All right Jasper. Well, this episode. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jasper. First appreciate it. I thought it'd be very funny if we opened this episode with us in the middle of singing happy birthday. I will leave. <laughs> but, then we, but then we had the Star Wars rant and we had to start it super organically, which I always prefer. Like, so we normally do. Yeah. No millennial pauses here. No millennial pauses here. Just pure, pure insanity. Pure Bar Wars. Yeah, welcome to Bar Wars. <laughs> All right, Purvis is so mad, but he can't stop smiling. I love it. I forget that's why we even brought it up. Bar Wars. And I'm like, bro, are you serious? Bar Wars is the best bars about Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs)
<laughs> Dude, Chew- imagine if Chewbacca did ad libs on a Griselda song. Just imagine. 